Blog Talk Radio. Worldwide, BDP are the freshest. Worldwide, 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 worldwide. We can grow. We can develop. As we know that heaven is not a place. And happiness lives in the heart. Long as the world keeps turning. Our duty is to keep on learning. You heard? Keep on learning. It's soaking up we gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Nobody know it all as soon as you think you do. That's when you fall. We got to do more to survive. We must evolve. Things change. Just when you think you've seen it all, we trip. But we get back in stride each day all the way one step at a time Don't want to let my ego and pride make me blind The elders say when you stop growing that's when you die The one who gets the knowledge is the one who asks why Through the course of life you gon' taste some humble pie But I love it, it makes me appreciate the things that I take for granted Gaining insight and understanding Each one teach one, we got to pass it on Keep doing the knowledge, building and adding on With faith in the assumption that nobody knows everything, but everybody knows Keep something. Keep on learning. It's soaking up game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Yeah. The more you know, the more you know you don't know And if you don't know, there's more you can know Then you won't grow What you don't know can hurt you Discipline is a virtue Gotta ask the right questions Or else you go in the cycles and cycles and spirals Information is viral, it's infectious, it's contagious And how you going through stages like the night you don't believe that No, we didn't do that Then reality said and there's no disputing the facts Yo, I'm sorry if I woke you up But when I open up, it's like I'm smoking But I'm high off the people Watch me soak it up Huey said the best education is observation and participation Study how the people be relating Different points of views turn bad news to good news See, it's kind of like some shoes Cause they got to make you move Treat it like organic food Make it something you can chew Information you can use Make it something you you can do on learning. It's soaking up game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Hey man, it's okay to say you don't know. When you let go of your ego, you free from all illusion. Can't make moves in confusion Don't look for conflict, man Always look for the solution My pop said humility is a sign of wisdom But to really soak it in Now that's a different kind of listening See, man sharp a man And every day is another lesson And it's not failure when you learn, man It's a blessing 
And as the Buddha says, nothing lasts forever. We gotta manage our expectations. The less we crave, the less we suffer. In this way, we awaken. Right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right focus. Keep soaking. Soak it up. Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through something. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Yes, indeed. How y'all doing out there? Sugar Ray Robinson Jr. on board right here. And we are sitting here discussing the fear of a black planet by way of Flossy Jeezy Worldwide. I'm looking for calls to call in. We're going to talk about a lot of good things today, a lot of stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff that we need to talk as a people. Black people, it is. We need to talk about our situations, you know. Um, 646-595-3402 is the number. And, you know, one of the things I'd like to start off talking about, and I hope everybody listening to me first of all, is uh, let's talk about white supremacy. You know, that's one of the biggest things um, that is out there. You know what I mean? If you don't know what white supremacy is, uh, a situation where the dominant people basically own and control everything. And, you know, and what we do as black people, we just basically just sit here and we just do what we can and participate and to what they're given. You know, and I want everybody to call in because, you know, we do a lot of posting and we do a lot of conversating and things that I'm on the group on Facebook, which is not owned by us, by the way. It's owned by them. And the same thing with the blog radio. It's owned by them. So we have to do what we have to do. We got to manage and we got to make the best of it and communicate. And uh, we got to do what we got to do to communicate and make our situation happen until we maybe come up with some kind of solution. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. Um, we're going to do this thing on a regular basis. My man Nelson, he's on board also. And one of the things we're going to do, we're going to always talk about black empowerment, things that we need to do as a people, call solutions, some ideals, any kind of networking type of tool to deal with the situation that we deal with, you know, white supremacy is. And at the same time, you know, one of the biggest things that we have a problem with is not only with them, that the fact that they control and they make the laws and all that kind of stuff. One of our biggest problems, some of the problem is us. You know, yep. we got a lot of people. We got a lot of people who basically don't like themselves. You know, um, my man Tyreek Nashi, he created something that we are pretty much fond of. Me and my man Nelson, we're very much fond of. It's the coon train. So a lot of people gonna be riding that shit. We know a lot of motherfuckers that can ride the coon train. Ain't it right, Nelson? Tell me what you think about the Coon Train. Well, do I start it in with uh, hip-hop sports? I'm not going to get into that tonight. I agree with you 110%. You know, there's a lot of cats out here, man, um, that are the complete opposite, the complete antithesis of what it's supposed to be to be, you know, black folks and stuff. They have, you know, they fear their own sight. They don't want to support anything black. They want to continue to run to this man, knowing that this man can't stand the sight of them. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, you know, backstabbing, a lot of BS that goes on. And we don't have no confidence in our own self. And 
you said it beautifully just a minute ago. A lot of times the main problem that we have out here is the fact that we don't believe enough in ourselves and we become our own worst enemy, our own biggest problem. You know, as the song said, it's a shame, it's a shame, all right? You know what I'm saying? It's a real shame that we don't have no confidence in our own selves and we don't want to see anybody else that's a black, African-American, you know what I'm saying, uh, whatever persuasion, whatever you want to call yourself. You know what I'm saying? We don't trust ourselves enough. You know what I'm saying? You should, you should go in, in order. God, yourself, and your family, and just go right. from there. That's that's your basics. That's that's your foundation. That's your triangle right there. Not the Illuminati square. Not the not the not the eye eye of the, the the dollar sign and all this other stuff. But just common belief in God. Common belief in yourself, and common belief in your family and whatever you're trying to do for them. You stick with those three, then you'll you'll be right on point for anything else. Everything after that is domino effect. Yes, indeed. You know, and the thing about it is that, you know, it's one thing we have to understand is we got to, you know, each one teach one. You know, if you act like, like the song is just played, man, you know what I'm saying, dead prayers. He said, if you don't know, man, just say, hey, I don't know. But you can't, don't try to belittle the person the fact that you do know. You know, it's all about each one teach one. And the thing about it, the only way we're going to grow like a tree or a plant or anything that grows, you, we all work together. And we create all kind of branches and all kind of leaves to make everything in the world fruitful and provide a lot of good energy and a lot of good sources for the world and for the people that we're talking about. And the thing about it, we never get nowhere. We're killing ourselves. You know, we if, we, if, we, if a tree was growing and the branch was growing and the branch was constantly just constantly stacking itself, how can that how can that tree grow when, it, when its branches are only when its own branches are stabbing them? In other words, you know, we have to stick to the root, stick to the plan, don't reinvent the wheel, and keep going forward, and don't try to outdo each other, man, because we always in competition with each other. I mean, always. I mean, we have, you know, we. We have black people, man, that kind of, like, go on each other a lot, man, about, you know, they get paid to battle each other in uh, sports, you know. We entertain them, you know. We have a situation where we don't own nothing. We, we our, our labor provides a lot of wealth for them, and they know it. They get everything they can out of us. And now, what do you think about that, man? I mean, how, how, how sick and that is to you? I mean, I mean it, it's very upsetting to me to even think about well, once again, you know, when you are afraid to enterprise and, and get with your own and trust your, trust your own, sometimes you got to, you know, a, a lot of things are done on faith. You know, re, you know, no matter what religion you are, no matter what your conviction is, you know, you have to have some iman, as they say in Islam. You have to have iman. You have to have faith, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that you can accomplish your goals and that those around you can com- accomplish their goals. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, Association turns into simulation. Simulation means that, you know, whoever you're around, you are what you become. So if you've got a strong uh, a band of soldiers, if you've got a, a strong band of cats that you can depend on, you know what I'm saying, and you know that you can depend on them, at least you guys got action at it, you should trust that. You know? So we will never be in, we're able to control everything in this country that we can control except for the one thing that is the most important to us, and I say it all the time, controlling one's destiny. Once we can learn how to control our own destiny or we gain control of our own destiny, then the sky is the limit. Things are limitless. We've seen that we can become 
friends. We can be, you know, the best athletes. We're the best at just about everything there is out there. The only problem that we have is not having enough trust in ourselves, whether for one reason or another. We, we, can, we can name them, and we can do it all night long, but we just want to kind of cut to the chase. The fact that yeah. we depend so solely, right, on, on, on white empowerment and chasing down his goals and making his dreams come true, we spend so much time on that that we rarely ever spend time trying to foster our own businesses foster our own, uh, you know, um, divisions of things that are happening. Back in the days when he had, you know, Elijah Muhammad was around, he had the Do For Self program where you had your own restaurants, you had your own clothing stores, you had your own, uh, you know, uh, grocery stores, your own businesses, and everything you did was from the scope of your own black empowerment. But in today's world, in today's setup, in today's framework, we are so against each other and we're so afraid to let each other climb. We're so afraid that, you know, that somehow somebody's, one or the other is going to beat each other to doing stuff. When all you have to do, like you said, you, one, you get one to teach one, you get that two to teach four, you get that four to teach eight, and so on and so forth. All you need is just a basic structure and a little bit of faith that you can get this thing accomplished. And like I said, let's free ourselves of this complete uh, uh, total dependence on what the white man has for us. I mean, there's, there's so many you know, um, so many creative people out there that create so much stuff. You hear about people all the time, guys that are even even billionaires. But see, some of the billionaires that have all the money, they need to learn how to reinvest back into the community so that we can have, you know, access at getting where, where they're at. Don't be afraid of that because the more growth we have within our own communities, the better off it is. Sugar Ray talks all the time about, you know, the fact that we don't even have our own stores in our own neighborhoods. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that right. some, Sugar Ray? That's a real song. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. yeah, it's real, man. You know, I mean, like, all across America, I mean, every black person they have to understand that we go to uh, any black neighborhood, whether it's West Coast, East Coast, Down South, or whatever, we don't have uh, communities. We have the hood, the neighborhoods. Because what's going on in our hood is you are kind of find out there are so many different people that come there. You have Arabs, you have uh, Asians. They're selling our they're selling our products. Like I go down to Louisiana, man, and it, it was very sad that I go down to my hometown and I go inside of a store looking for some hair products or probably looking for a pair, of, you know, some designer jeans that's kind of right there in the neighborhood. And the dude I'm looking at to get it, he can't even talk to me because he doesn't even speak English. And it's, at the same time, I hate to kind of, like, talk to somebody about my product because he don't have the same hair. He don't have the same hair that I have. You know what I'm saying? He don't have the same skin I have. So how do he, can he tell me something about something that belongs to me? And it pisses me off. And everywhere all over, by design, is that way, you know? And it's one of those things that I – and the thing about it is that at a convenience store, whether it's be in your hood, in your neighborhood, selling stuff like that, but at the same time in your neighborhood when you come inside their store, they're watching you closely. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, walking down the aisles and shit, they're looking at you. You're like, damn, I just want some chips. You know, and you're trying to get some, but they're watching you. They don't respect you. They don't care for you. They just want your money. And they don't give anything. They don't put anything back into the hood. Like, for instance, there was a guy who told me, he said, hey, he went to, a, I think out in Detroit, 
he had went to a spot, man. He tried to like get some stuff out of there, some uh, buy some uh, hair product from these Asians. And what happened was is that he bought some, but he kept on going and buying. So he got to the point where he wanted to sell some products to him because he had a lot of products that he kind of had going on. But they didn't accept his stuff. But then the same stuff came from an, another guy. He's an Asian who shipped his stuff in. They accept the same stuff from him, but they don't accept from him. The black dude, they don't accept from the black dude. They really do their own. But they'll sell to the black dude. You know what I'm saying? And the cool thing about it is those people do not give a damn. I don't give a fuck how cool they are, how hip they try to be, or whatever they try to wear. The, the, the Like the guy on Friday wore the goddamn jewelry on his neck and the goddamn uh, beanie on with the goddamn uh, button-up essay shirt on. That guy, yo, man, he don't really care. He's trying to be hip press and stuff. And that's a problem because you look like in, like I play in Seattle. I can drive to go down Jackson, and they go over there. They got Chinatown. I can go there. It's really big. You can go over to Mexican. You got they got they got Mexican stuff going on. Italy and all that stuff. What we got going on? We ain't got nothing. We may get a situation where we may own a shop, but at the same time, that shop is not. That shop is good, but at the same time, we don't have a lot of other stuff, man. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's very tiring. It's very sad, man. I'm getting very tired. Of it. That's one of the things we need to start doing. We need to start creating communities. But I understand that takes money, and it takes a lot of people who have money. We need to hold them accountable for it. I really believe that, you know what I'm saying? Like I say, for instance, I really going to put myself in a position to where I'm going to go viral on YouTube, and I'm going to take my goddamn Air Jordans, and I'm going to put the motherfuckers on the fire and burn them shits and have that shit on viral to let people know, hey, it don't mean nothing to me because it ain't, I'm, why should I pay for him or pay for them when they ain't doing nothing for the people who who um, who support that, who spend their money there, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, in bulk, you know? in, in bulk numbers, in huge numbers yeah. we do that. And see, what, what a lot of people don't realize is these same businesses, whether it's Korean or, you know, uh, Asian or, 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 or uh, you know what I'm saying, you know, African or whatever it is, these people are taught from day one when they come over here, right off the top, that the black man ain't shit. Right off, that's the first yeah. thing they're taught that, that, that they're not. And, and and I mean, you know, even even when I tra- traveled overseas as a soldier, first word out of a, out of an Asian's mouth was calling me a nigga, like that was my name or something. Hey, nigga, hey, nigga Joe or whatever. And and that's what they do. See, we're that we're taught that, uh, that people are taught innately that somehow we don't deserve the respect. You know, we're going to give you this loan because we trust you. We, you know, we, we, you know we, we believe in your purpose. We don't trust black people, so that's why we're giving you this opportunity. Well, it's time for those people to wake up because, trust me, those people do not, these white folks do not like your ass just because they tell you that they're down for you and that they care about you and all that. And the last thing they want to see is a brother having any type of, you know, foothold or any type of anything. So they tell these, these foreigners that come in, you know, that you don't really have to respect these people. If you have any problems, call 911, we'll come serve them up. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, you know, arrogance that they have, whether it's, you know, you've seen some of even the, a lot of things are good lessons are taught through comedy. 
And you see in some of the, the, the black comedies, you know what I'm saying, how you have the Asian woman sitting up there talking about a sister, you know, and they're talking between themselves. You can't understand their language, but then the word nigger slips out of their mouth in between the conversation. They're taught this from day one. We, we thought it was just us in the process of going through this, but, but it's part of the arrogance that you have to deal with that you see every day is because when those people landed, before they even got their green card stamped, matter of fact, before they even made an appointment to get the green card, they were told right off the top that black folks wasn't shit, they're not to be respected, that they're unhealthy, unclean. You, you've heard all the, the, the horrible things that can get said, so that kind of lead, lends to, to the arrogance, and that's why they watch you because they're taught that you can't be trusted. They know, of course, you know, the first thing they look at is they think that Hollywood is saying verbatim what we're all about, so, so, so your media and your social media kind of plays into all that. So there truly is a, the fear of a black planet, as is defined by this place, as is divine by the show, that they are taught to fear us and that we are nothing more than a bunch of derelicts walking around with a nappy head, and that's the only thing that they ever want to show. They don't even have enough class to show us, you know, how many different shades of us there are or how we even think. You know, it's almost like Malcolm X said once, what do you call a brother with a degree? You call him a nigger. That's what the white man calls him. And they teach these foreigners that as soon as they get over here, and there wants your respect factor right there. So there's a lot of stuff that plays into why you get disrespected in your own communities. Yes, indeed. You're right, Nels. And as uh, a matter of fact, you know, that previous song that you played, man, I'm dead pressed. If you can cue it up again, and I'm going to say this right quick, because I'm going to hear something about to say this, man, because speaking uh, of Malcolm X, like Malcolm, I mean, what man Nels just said, you know, Malcolm X, uh, tomorrow's his birthday. You know, it's a first Michael X, the legend, I got. But anyway, in the meantime, I just want you guys to know that this show is um, something that we are just, um, we're not getting paid from this. This is something that we are providing. We're basically trying to reach out and trying to network and trying to get awareness and trying to wake up the dead. There's a lot of people out there walking around don't know what's going on. And like I said before, man, we need to learn, we need to grow, we need to think. And let's get together and let's do this understanding situation. Remember, I'm going to say this right quick and then before we go to the song. The revolution is not an event. It's a process. But let's go ahead and play that song now. Amen. We can grow. We can develop. As we know that heaven is not a place. And happiness lives in the heart. Long as the world keep turning, our duty is to keep on learning. You heard? Keep on learning. It's soaking up game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through some things. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Nobody know it all as soon as you think you do, that's when you fall. We got to do more to survive, we must evolve, things change. Just when you think you've seen it all, we trip, we stumble, but we get back in stride. Each day, all the way, one step at a time. Don't want to let my ego and pride make me blind. The elders say when you stop growing, that's when you die. The one who gets the knowledge is the one who asks why. Through the course of life, you gon' taste some humble pie, but I love it. It makes me appreciate the things that I take for granted, gaining insight and understanding each 
one, teach one, we got to pass it on Keep doing the knowledge, building and adding on With faith in the assumption That nobody knows everything, but everybody knows Keep something Keep on learning It's soaking up the game We gon' make mistakes We gon' go through some things Keep on growing Keep on soaking up the game The more you know, the more you know you don't know And if you don't know, there's more you can know Then you won't grow What you don't know can hurt you Discipline is a virtue Gotta ask the right questions Or else you go in the cycles and cycles and spirals Information is viral It's infectious, contagious And how you going through stages like the night You don't believe that No, we didn't do that Then reality said And there's no dispute in the facts Yo, I'm sorry if I woke you up But when I open up It's like I'm smoking But I'm high off the people Watch me soak it up Huey said the best education Is observation and participation Study how the people be relating Different points of views Turn bad news to good news See, it's kind of like some shoes Cause they got to make you move Treat it like organic food Make it something you can chew Information you can use Make it something you can do You don't know. When you let go of your ego, you're free from all illusion. Dig? Can't make moves in confusion. Don't look for conflict, man. Always look for the solution. My pop said humility is a sign of wisdom. But to really soak it in, now that's a different kind of listening. See, man sharp and man. And every day is another lesson. And it's not failure when you learn, man. It's a blessing. As the Buddha says, nothing lasts forever. We gotta manage our expectations. The less we crave, the less we suffer. In this way, we awaken. Right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right focus. Keep soaking. Soak it up. Keep on learning. It's soaking up the game. We gon' make mistakes. We gon' go through something. Keep on growing. Keep on soaking up the game. If something ain't working, don't be afraid to change. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. bad boy right there. Yeah, man, Woo. by any means, man. I, I cut that, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet track, man. Dead Prez, man. They good, man. Stick, man. Oh, man. Boy, they get down like that, man. In case you guys Sugar don't know, man, hey, it's going down like that. We're having a great time sitting there discussing one of our favorite topics and what we always like to talk about, you know, about black empowerment, you know, about, you know, the dominant society, how they control and run everything, and we just basically, um, we were just doing our labor, and they're benefiting off our wealth. And I want to know how people feel about that. If you please give a call, 646-595-3402. We want to talk about white supremacy. We want to know how and how and what can we do dealing with that, because a lot of brothers and sisters are getting running. building right now. 
From nine, oh, yeah, nine, nine one in. zero. Go ahead. Bring them in. Nine one zero. Oh, go ahead. You're on deck. Yes. Who do we have? What up though? What up though? Tell me who is who is? It's your man, the truth from Facebook. What's good? What's up, baby? How you doing, man? Man, everything, everything, man. Just kick back, watch these so-called Billboard Awards, you know. It's funny. You I can take it, I can take it. But that, and they talk about yeah. the Billboard Awards. I'm looking at this music like, man. Yeah, I know what's up, brother. I'm glad you called in, man. God, it's my first time I get a chance to talk to you. I got my man Nelson on the phone, and we run this little show we talk about doing. We're on blog radio. We out live right now. You know, you never know who's listening, so we can say whatever. Our voice is to be heard, man. But we're going to get off and to start talking about, you know, white supremacy and all that kind of situation like that. And um, let me tell you, man, let me ask you a question, man. What's uh, what's, some, what's What do you want to share, man? I mean, like, what, what, do, we, what do you want to share? Yeah, what's your thoughts? Hey, you know, what's my thoughts on what? Now, we uh, first topic we're gonna talk about white supremacy. You know, we were talking about the, you know the, how they dominate, and they own, and control everything, and how a lot of us, you know, we're basically, you know, black labor, white wealth, and the thing is, I'm trying to figure out how, what are some of the things that we need to do to basically get ourselves in better position, and um, how can we. How can we wake the living dead? How can we wake those up for the people to know that? Well, I look at it from a, a philosophical type of a way. I look at it from a, if you would, in a military type of, of, a, of a war, taking on a war state in a war mind. You have to reverse engineer everything. Nothing has been ever, ever successfully overthrown without it being reversed and engineered in the reverse, shall I say. So as far as what we need to do with the white supremacy, really, with the white supremacy, I don't even know why we pay that any mind. That's been going on ever since. So right. why do we pay that any kind of attention? Is If we took the five minutes or the ten minutes that it took us to read an article about the KKK marching in Atlanta or the KKK marching in Memphis, or wherever they decide they want to march this week. They just had a march this weekend in Indiana. And I'm looking at posts and, and comments. If we take a fraction of that time and devote it towards something for us, we wouldn't right. have time to think about them. Right. We wouldn't, oh, look at them. They're getting guns and they're getting armed and they're doing what they got to do or they're doing what they want to do. And while you studying them, they at Walmart buying up the ammunition. They had the right. local gun pawn shops buying up the, the weapons. You know what they you know what their intentions are because it's well right. documented throughout history. You know, it's it's I liken it to being in a in a in a tank with a shark, and the shark starts circling you. Okay, that's the number one sign that he's preying on you. And that circle gets smaller and smaller, and all you're doing is sitting there and observing them. You ain't doing nothing to get out the tank, nothing to repel the shark, nothing like that. All you're doing is watching them. I like that. I like that analogy. I like that. And, and that's where we are right now. A lot of us right. are caught 
I don't know if this is if this is um fad, this awakening of consciousness. This is something I've been dealing with from the eighties, the early eighties, when I was making my phone. You know, but then it went away. But it was something that's a part of my living. This is DNA. It's who I am. This is what right. I do. My every waking day is about social, you know, social event or the social, social economic plight of the African American. Right. So I haven't taken my eyes off of them. I haven't taken my eyes off of the prize, if that's what you want to call it. But, you know, to, to, back on, to focus back on your question is what we're going to do. Man, I hate to sound bleak, bro. I don't know what we're going to do if it don't involve sports or some type of entertainment or some type of degrading and ratchet type of living. I really don't know what we're going to do. I'm right. in meditation on that. Yeah, so, you know, you're right about that, man. I love everything you, you presented there, man, because that's right, man. We don't need to focus on that and the white supremacy that is and that's the biggest question of all is what we're we going to do the solution because right now it's like we have so much. I think that one of the things that is hurting us is, is, uh, is what we do with the money when we, when we receive money. You know, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you have, you know, big guys that have big yeah. money, they get it all back. You know what I'm saying? They never do anything that empower or anything that deal. Like they're lining up to buy the Clippers. But ain't nobody talking about buying some land or buying some or dressing our communities up or doing anything that's black, you know what I'm saying? And um, that's one of the biggest things that bothered me because I always thought that if I ever make big money, at the same time, man, you have to be you have to also understand that a lot of people are puppets right now and they're being controlled by a lot of this, a lot of that. But at the same time, man. I feel like if you have any sort of consciousness in your heart, you know, in your heart, man, you can and you will do for your people, man. And I just don't know if that's going to ever happen from us. I don't get it, brother. I mean, you know, I got a brother I, I chop it up with and a couple of people, and, they, and they, they're perplexed that I get upset. And, I, I mean, I was upset. I was livid. Like, I knew the brother personally. I was living when I found out Floyd Mayweather bet $10 million on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's his money. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do with my little bit of chips. However, there comes a point of social responsibility there. $10 million could have put a lot of computers in a lot of schools. It could have built a lot of schools. Or it could have built a few schools at least. Could have opened some charter schools. He could have paid some single parents rent. He could have fed right. some hungry children. He could have closed some homeless. I mean, he could have housed some homeless people. He could have closed some of the next ten million. Yeah, you're right. He for game. Right. You know. Right. And, and you're right about that, man. Yeah, I learned a long yeah. time ago that. that uh, million dollars don't make you bright. You know what I mean? It don't. It doesn't. It don't make you bright. I mean, Mike, Mike Tyson taught us that. 136, you know, he complained about Don King until the cows came home. Oh, Don did this, Don did that, Don did this, Don did that. Look, man, 18 months, 136 million bucks. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't have a quarter of that to uh, 
you know what I'm saying, to, to show what, what you had for it. I mean, uh, you know, beyond Robin, beyond, uh, you know, and her and her mom and, and Barbara Walters and getting drugged up and then dragged under that show, you had nothing to show for $136 million, only about three or four fights. And, you know, like you said, it's a social responsibility, a fiscal responsibility, and this getting amnesia, this getting amnesia when you get paid and the hell with your community, the hell with people that support you. You know what I'm saying? You got Michael Jordan, $150 million a year on draws and cereal, and you can't give a damn autograph to to, to, to chameleon there because, because you're so afraid that, for whatever reason, you're going to be devaluated, and you give him, give him a hard time about that, just other things. You know, you come to the stadium from Chicago. You come to the stadium, you got all these little black children standing up there. All they want is an autograph. They ain't trying to hurt you. They ain't trying to mug you. They ain't trying to rob you. They know you're on your way to game seven. You can't stop and just say hello for five minutes, and then when you have commercials, they're not even reflective of the people that you're just supposed to be representing. So, you know, the fiscal responsibility the moral responsibility, as it were, the people that support you, I can say honestly, beyond a pair of, of, of damn near Jordans that my son got me once, I have never bought a pair of Jordans because I kind of figured that at 200 bucks, right, I'll get a pair of shoes and use the rest of that as filler in my cupboards and in my refrigerator because you're certainly not, you're certainly not reflective or indicative of any common sense that I'm going to sit here and spend two dollars on or $300 on a pair of Space Jams and leave space in my cupboards. I'm just not going to do it. And knowing that you have never really supported your community or really given anything back or even tried, but, you know, you got race cars, you got all this weird stuff, but you've earned that. Boy, you earn that money and everything. But y'all can't turn y'all backs on something when both of y'all came out of squalor. I don't know. Maybe, maybe um, that's just me. I'm in Wilmington, man, and my nephew graduated from the same high school as Michael Jordan, Laney High School here right outside of Wilmington, North Carolina. And I'm going to tell you, it's, he's not looked at favorably anywhere. And that's a shame. That's a shame when a man that was in his heyday, or before he even made his heyday from 86 when he stepped in the league, he had people turned out. He had grown men up there crying and acting like they were seeing Prince in, in, in concert. And to retire and then not have a favorable following outside of your business acumen, that just don't seem cool to me. Did your brother see the article? Um, Shaq spent his first million in the 30 minutes, and 30 minutes after he signed into the NBA, he got a call from his business manager. Somebody says, you keep this rate up, you're going to be broke when you retire. You're going to be in trouble. Now the brother, now the brother owns 17 Auntie Annie's uh, pretzel spots, so many movie theaters. Shaq, got, Shaq and did his business there. And he's trying to buy the Kings now, or if he hasn't bought the Kings now. Hmm. You know, that's... Uh, wow. I'm, even though he's not doing a direct hiring, he's not... Let's say standing on the corner writing checks and signing checks. The brother took some social responsibility and put some jobs out there. Right, he did. He did. He really did. You know, you you, you have said you know you have said uh, about Floyd Mayweather 
you know, uh, that Tim made. You know, and that, that I, I remember that, and that kind of bothered me because, you know, I'm up here as a guy myself. But the thing about it, man, is like Floyd, man, I, I, I like, I like, I, I, for some reason, I think he's conscious somewhat. Maybe he has to be. But the thing about it is, by him being in a position that he's in, and I think, you know, he controls everything, uh, and pretty much runs his own business. I'm trying to after boxing, what's next for him? I mean, because what I'm trying to say is, man, it's going to take, I feel like it's going to take somebody of that statue or somebody in that position to kind of like show a sign of strength. I thought one of the biggest things was like when uh, the Clippers, when the situation came down, I really believe they should have made a, a, a real firm stance, man. Because the thing about it is, man, you know, the man still owns that team. And, yeah. and the thing about it, yeah, and the thing about it is, man, is that you have to look at the situation for more than just the owner. Because the thing about it, the NBA condoned that. They allowed that. They allowed that for so many, for so long. And they knew it was yeah, a man's activity. History of it. History yeah. don't lie. History yeah, don't lie. Don't lie by it. And the NBA knew about it. So that makes the whole entire NBA that way. To me, the NFL, all that situation, it's a situation like a man, Dr. Clark Anderson was saying, he has a book out, and it's called Black Labor, White Wealth. And the thing about that is, man, is that that's been going on for a long, long, long time. But the point is, it goes back to what we originally said, never mind white supremacy, you write about that. It's all about what we're going to do. We we are in a position, yeah, what we're going to do. How many brothers right now can look at their car and look at the accessories they put in their car and and not realize that, man, I got a good piece of property I'm driving around on and I'm devaluing it every day. Every day the sun come up, that car devalues even more, de- depreciates. Unless you're driving a Bentley or one of the classic year Mercedes or BMW that you got on blocks and you're going to sell it down the line. But if you're sitting on a caprice, if you're sitting on a dump, you got a caprice with twenties on it, or or whatever. The rims alone, you could have got a half acre of land. See, yeah. I got some land. I got some land in North Carolina. Paid, um, I want to say about twenty three hundred dollars for a third of an acre. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of land, not a lot of money neither, but it's mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. You multiply you know, that by three is sixty nine. I'm sure he would have knocked off a little something. So you're probably looking at about sixty five hundred dollars an acre. Right. You know, you so the whole again, man, you know, never mind what they doing. We know what we what they doing. When the winter mm-hmm. comes when the winter come, I don't see nobody shopping for shorts and low-cut sneakers. They shopping for Timberlands and jeans. Right. North Face, right. Mountain Gear, they they searching for something that's going to be able to sustain them over that winter. We not doing Truth that. You. Truth, you right on We're time, not man. Yeah. You're right on time with what you're saying. And you're also right on time for 
taking us into that next segment there with Sugar Ray, you know, that you're, 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 that was a perfect way that you, your, your timing was perfect. It was a perfect time to call because, you know, that white supremacy was our first segment and you ended it just appropriately. Never mind what they're doing. Kind of like Malcolm said, never mind what my name is. Never mind what they're doing. Um, segment two is solutions for black people. And, you, you know, you're, you're, you're right on point and right on poise of what you're saying about from one segment to the next about getting away from the fact that, you know, they're supreme. Because in, in a sense to me, you know, I, you got you to realize some. I grew up in Chicago, and from 1974 to now, I just celebrated my 40th anniversary as a Muslim in America. And I was there the last three years that before Elijah passed away. I was blessed to, to listen to him speak. And I was never taught that they were superior to us. I was always taught, you know, the you know, famous books, a message to the black man. How to eat to live, right, uh, right. You know, you know what I mean. Var- various teachings that was d- yeah, deep and in depth. You know, sponsored by us for us, do for self. Um, you know, things like that. You know, small catchphrases, but phrases that had a lot of power and a lot of meaning to them. Because sometimes you can get you, a, a, a small spider will bite you, and because you can't control his venom, he'll kill you faster than a tarantula will. Because it's poisonous, more the younger they are and the smaller they are, the more poisonous it is. So it's not uh, the huge things that we look at; it's, it's the smaller things and the things that we could do solution-wise to help ourselves. Three things I could think of right off the bat is continuous prayers, belief in self, and trust. And trust comes at a premium because it's tough because we've been put in such a hate ourselves um, hypnosis through, you know, not just through the gang violence thing, that's the obvious one, but through just the fact that this boy's perception of how he sees himself as superior. I was always taught that he was more or less inferior to us, even down to his pigmentation, because if he goes outside, he don't turn white. He turns brown. The original man was, 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 the original man was brown, okay? And everything that, that comes from every color in the spectrum comes from the color black. So his supremacy really never meant anything, but, you know, the solutions that we can have for ourselves is is we have to figure out a way to form within our communities a belief system. If we can perform a belief system where we go back to believing that we can actually control the one thing that we don't control, we control our wallets. You know, we, nobody can tell us what to do with our money. We control those, those cars. We put on those cars who we want to. The destiny thing to being able to control our destiny, if we could form some kind of belief system in order to control that, then we can, we can control ourselves because a person is determined. It's hard to stop when they're determined. And that's one of the main solutions that we haven't figured out yet out of all these X factors, right, is how to have a belief system where we start believing in each other again. Well, no, no, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. For that, we're going to have to find that universal, what we can universally unite around. It used to be the church. Right. You see, it used to be the juke joint, the speakeasy, um, the cotton club, or some off some off, off on the corner, little joint in the corner. I'm, I'm, I'm born in New York, raised in New Jersey. 
Okay. So beautiful. You know what was what united us back then? The thing that unites us, well, that used to unite us. The last thing that united us was one of us getting our behind whooped nationally, Rodney King. Right. Yes. Yes. You had bloods and crips. You had bloods and crips, vice lords and disciples that were shooting at each other two hours prior to the verdict. Hey, man, you know that thing that just happened a couple hours ago? We need to squash that. We got another something we need to handle. Mm. Right. Yes, sir. These, these brothers were just squeezing at each other. Right. When that verdict came down, and that it, it was nothing like a force like that. I hate to put it on that, you know, bring it to that. But that's what it is, man. If we need that one thing that's going to unite us. What universal thing unites us? Because we can't meet on a spiritual level. Right. Because somebody going to always throw their religion, and then they're going to down somebody else, either directly or indirectly. That throws the whole conversation off. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you're right about that, man. You know, so to bring us together to overcome, we've got to find that one thing that we're all interested in, um, the last thing that could have brought us together it, it totally failed us was Barack everybody yep. had you know, that was the one thing that people that we paid attention to was that maybe celebrity you know saying something I wanted to kick back something go back a couple of minutes for that Donald Sterling thing and how it was segmented into this I'm watching his brother LeBron because you see I didn't have a lot of respect for LeBron. I thought he was a crybaby and all these other my other little personal qualms I had with him. But when this Donald right. Sterling came up, for this man to be the most powerful man in the NBA, he made no he, he didn't go through no PR person, he didn't go through his people, his people's people. He said, Look Speak on. we ain't got no room in here for that. And what I'm telling you right now is the most powerful man in your league. If this kind of foolishness carry on I'm, I'm out. Now, he ain't doing it on the Ali level, but you got to think as far in, in, in terms of the evolution of political correctness. He's doing it on the Ali level. Yeah, he, 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 said, he said that if... Now, this one thing he did say, he said that if Donald uh, Sterling was to be there... Into next season, he said he wasn't going to play. Now, I'm now now check this out. <laughs> this is going to sound kind of funny, but I'm kind of if that's the case, if that's the case, I'd rather see Sterling. I want to see Sterling stay set there for a little while because that situation going to drag out and they're going to force him out. But if LeBron comes out and says he's not going to be there. He's not going to play next year if that guy's still in office, which I don't think going to happen. I want to see if he holds it in because see, hey brother, like you don't sound funny. I'm right there with you. I would, I would be very curious to see that myself. Yeah, I would love to see that because you, you, you are, you are to the, to the, when you said about we need some kind of we need some revolutionary turn because we need some spark like the Rodney. Situation. Well, we are having a lot of that right now with the Trayvon Martin and Jordan Davis type of stuff. One thing that's one thing that's really 
just really just uh, hurt me a lot, man, is music, you know, the hip-hop music. Because back in the day, we had, you know, the BDP, the TE, we had some very conscious music. But the thing about it, one thing that's bigger than that, man, is the NBA player or the NFL player. If somebody could make a stand like that, and I'm telling you, man. You got brother Rick Sherman, who, in my opinion, you know, brother Richard Sherman right now is rocking the boat. Yeah, he is. This brother going to Harvard giving speeches saying, look, this is what it is. And I'm telling you as a professional athlete, as a as a world scholar, graduated from one of the top universities in the world with a GPA that's just beyond reproach, I'm telling right. you how it is. I'm uber educated. You see? Um I kind of want to digress there too when we look at it with, you know, if we, oh, we need somebody doctor this or, you know, this, and we got to get this education. Let us not forget that college was invented for people of better means. Either you were free black, meaning you were either free black or you were white. It was invented back in the day for people that had no skill when they turned 18 and were ready to leave the house, so they had to go be trained. It was basically a vocation in high school. But now it's yeah. turned into you can't get a job flipping burgers without a college degree. You can have all the good sense in the world when you come out of high school and be ready to go. But without that additional education, you can't go forward. I'm sorry. I just need right. to digress. Um, no, I, I, I um, Brother Richard and Brother um, Sugar Ray and Brother uh, Brother James, <laughs> you know, they no. – I'm very interested, as the brother said, to see, okay, let's let, let, let Donald Sterling stick around for a while. Let's play a little chess here. Yeah, I most definitely. I want to see that, man. I, I, I want to see that. I, I don't think it's a matter of if, really, because he's, this fool is already talking about, about fighting, and as money goes, uh, with the kind of paper he got, you know, being in there since 1981, He's got enough money to go ahead and play, play the game, and he's dying of cancer. So it's not like you know he was he wouldn't he needs kind of need something to do anyway. And you know well, they've already been trying, kind of trying to clean it up for him a little bit because it's an embarrassment to him <laughs> as it should be. Well, but uh, no, you you know, he's on the wrong side of the Atlantic, you know. Yeah, you know, Nels. You know, they they they. They, 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 I heard a few things about all of a sudden he has cancer. I heard uh, even dementia, and I heard all that stuff. And the thing, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I really believe, I believe a lot of this stuff is a soft of the blow. You know, I think it gets sympathy. You know, well, they, they, and then at the same time, they gave him the opportunity to go on television, and he couldn't do that right. He's, he's just who he is. But the thing about it, though, man, that's what he do. That's fine. Go ahead. They want to it's on their networks. Fine, go ahead. But the point I'm trying to make is, I want to see what we're gonna do. I want to see what we're gonna do because yeah, like, people need to understand though. And I keep telling cats, and cats don't hear me, and I know you guys do. But I told a few other cats before, man, is that it's the NBA. It's not just it's not just Donald Sterling. Just like Jerry Buss before he passed away. 
they was growing meals to each other. They were helping each other out. They were buddies, cause, and they have the same type of you know, ideology. They they hang out together. You know, Donald Starling. Did you see the Stephen A. Smith interviews the first few days following it and when he was just, Stephen A. Smith went in, and I think he spoke very well for us as a community. And, you know, he was like, look, they playing in Oakland tonight. He better not show up to that game. You know, Oakland, you know, the birthplace of the Panthers, he didn't tell them this. You know, he looking at them on the screen like, look, I lived in Oakland for two years, and I have family in Oakland. It goes down Mm -hmm. in Oakland. And they are about, you know, when you said, what is it going to take? It's going to take a movement like something out of Oakland. You see what happened when they shot that boy on the bar? Yeah. Speaking of Oakland, you're right, man. They got, they got. As a matter of fact, I, uh, an email. They got a, uh, a liberation party called Black Riders, and there's a Panther party it's out there right now. And it's, it's really strong out there in Oakland. And yeah, the dude sent me a, sent me an email, and he was telling me about that. So, you know, he said what he said, and dementia, whatever you want to say it, as the brother said. As, as the brother said earlier, he hang out with the other owners. And as as I was getting to, Stephen A. Smith put it put it perfectly. He said, "Okay, well, you got entertainers hang out with entertainers, and probably some athletes, but they all are the same financial means. Let's say you're in that, you know, twenty to fifty million dollar a year club. Then you got coaches." hang out with general managers, do the same. Owners hang out with owners. So we, we all agree that, you know, pretty much you, you associate with your socioeconomical prowess. You ain't, work, you ain't working at McDonald's hanging out with the jokers that sit in the boardroom. Right. Okay, so we, with, with that being said, um, what I'm saying is, Listen to the words he said, because people focus on a lot of different things. They they didn't focus on, we live in a culture, and I have to live within that culture. So that's why I don't want you out there hanging with them, taking pictures and, and, um, and doing all the shenanigans you were doing. What culture are you talking about? And who are the people that live in this culture? You see where I'm going with it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, as the brother said, it's the other owners, too. Well, you see, I got a little shot. Them mugs in hockey, like, we don't want to say nothing because all kind of foolishness going to come out of here. We say anything. I don't want to say nothing. Right. The NFL, y'all suspect. If y'all let Riley, y'all let Riley Cooper play back, y'all. The NFL, y'all suspect. Eagles, Eagles fans, all of that, y'all suspect. You, you know, oh man, let me let me let me go on to Riley Cooper. I just saw that when that started. I know everybody else seen it, but I don't know if anybody spoke out on it, man. But when Riley Cooper, when that situation came out, and he said what he said, 
that athlete was a for him. That was a chess move. That was a move for him to elevate his career. Because thinking about it, man, because before that he was no big deal. But in the, he ended up to the point where he become uh, he became that guy for a moment. And then Michael Vick basically was on the bench and they had his other guy. That quarterback <laughs> kept throwing it to Riley Cooper, and all of a sudden, man, I think, you know, this guy was a star. Yeah, and he blew up. His touches did improve a lot. Yeah, he did improve a whole lot to the point right now where Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick both got booted. And now yeah. Riley Cooper was there. Who would have got? Who should have got booted? Because of the way based off what he was saying. But if it was anybody else, you know, I'm quite sure for one of us, it'd be we probably not the lead. But oh, what I'm man. saying is, though, they is, they messed up Deshaun Jackson talking about he's a game banger and this and that. The Michael Vick, they, you know, it's what I'm trying to say, that character assassination with this media hype, stuff like that, their networks, they do what they can, they say what they can. When it comes to us, if we ain't necessarily obeying or abiding by the rules of what they have, they're going to do what they're going to do to us. But if That's we... Mm-hmm. That's kind of go back to that Donald Sterling thing we was talking about, where they saying, "Oh, he got dementia and he's still talking all right. crazy out of the neck and everything else like that." They have this certain way, like you said, character assassination, because he's still assassinating Magic's character. And the dude says something, and I was like, "Somebody gonna be mad at me when I say this," but when he said. Jews get money, we give back to our community. African Americans get money, and not many of them do that. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. Regardless of yeah. I disagree, if I don't like anything else that man ever says in his life, I agree with him there. Unless they took that quote out of context, I don't think it was taken out of context because I read a good portion of it. Well, very focused Asian gentleman. In, in, in his group and in my group and initially I was kind of taken aback by it but you know knowledge is power so you have to kind of read what's being said and the Asian gentleman said that when Asians come over here the reason why they group so close with their own is because they have love for their people they keep their their business tight. They keep their money within their own community, and they do things and they hire, um, you know, their own people in their own stores. And he he said he runs into African Americans that get mad about it, but that African Americans have had an opportunity through all the money and 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 opportunities that that you know a select few have been given. Because if you even if it's five thousand successful millionaires, it's, and it's probably a lot more being with the, the sports thing, but I'm just using that as a, that as a rudimentary number, as a basic number. Say there's 5,000 of us, you don't really see that wealth that, that comes back out and hell, even Oprah put some money over in Africa someplace else when her and Barack are both benefited off my hometown. Now you got all this violence and, and no schools and nothing else is being, you know, put, uh, schools or anything like that are being erected in Chicago and there's been no um, no uh, wanton desire like it is to run over to 
you know, Turkmenistan and to, you know, to, to Russia and stuff and do all this stuff. But he went on to say that, you know, you cannot hate Asians for loving their own because they are of their own uh, making, so to speak. They're of their own culture and everything. And, of course, they're... And he said the only... said that He acknowledged that the black folks are probably the strongest people in the world, but that lack of ability and that trust factor I was talking about earlier of, of, of investing in your own people and building your own networks uh, block by block and making that happen, um, you know, there's a problem. And so it's, I, can, I understood where he was going with that. And like you said earlier, it is the truth now. I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to Mark Jackson. And, you, and you're saying, well, how is that relevant to what we're talking about? Well, he, had, he was going to stage uh, an elaborate walkout um, when he went to uh, initially until Sterling got, got the boot by the commissioner or the purported boot by the commissioner where he had planned to play for one minute and then they were going to walk off the floor the rest of the time. And in keeping what you gentlemen were just saying about um, the Donald Sterling and the ownership thing, especially everybody in California who's flying under the same flag, so to speak, so far as the ownership goes, that owner got pissed off because Mark Jackson made that that, uh, that, that, that team a winner. and took him to two playoffs and had 250-plus win seasons, and he still gets fired with that. Well, that owner was upset because... He found out that Mark was going to do that. Now, he would never say that, but, you know, that, that is, you know, Sterling was his buddy since 81. And so they, they he got together with the customer and said, okay, well, since he was going to do this, all of a sudden Mark's job went from being uh, fulfilling, continuous, to him eventually, you know, being fired. Now, you know, naturally, I think that he would be a natural fit in New York more than, than uh, Derek Fish would be, being that he played high school ball college ball and pro ball in New York, he would be a good fit for the Knicks. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, these owners get together behind the scenes, like you're saying, and they make the determinations of what they will put up with and what they won't put up with. And when you got a guy that makes your team a winner and gets you playoff stuff, and let's face it, not since Rick Barry had, had these boys been in any playoffs or, 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 or real meaningful playoffs or really done anything with their, with their seasons, um, I mean, they did something in the 90s, but you can't even remember it because it was so scantily. But you understand where I'm going with it. These owners have, had made up their mind exactly how it was going to be. And when they start cleaning it up and start talking about what a great guy this is, in other words, the kind of stuff that we don't get, the kind of highlights and, 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 and uh, background music, so to speak, that we don't get for our good points, we never get that. We're just animals, assholes, you know, shoot them up, lock them up, do whatever you're going to do, tase them to death, you know, just get them out of our face kind of thing. They get the redemptive, the redemptive uh, you know, uh, rhetoric, and they get the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the words of deep down inside how they really are, and they get a chance to tell their story because, well, that's just the way this white man has always done stuff. He could do the worst thing in the world. I mean, you're making, you're making Edward Snowden, who gave up information during wartime, right, about the United States secrets, and you're anointing him on, on Meet the Press this morning like somehow he's some kind of closet-ass hero and he gave up secrets that could have gotten you know, troops and everybody else killed during, during wartime. Back in the days, you'd have got hung or shot for that. As, yeah. Even as a civilian, giving yeah. up secrets. You got a way of you get shot. 
The uniform code of military justice say you get shot for going to sleep on going to sleep on watch. What you mean? Thank you. Man, listen. Under, under, under general orders, yeah. yeah. Yes, sir, under general. You get shot for sleeping on watch. So, what you, you know, giving up them secrets, you up there in, in secure rooms and burn rooms and, you know, well, he, he made that bed. That's why he can't go nowhere. He's, you know, it is. And, a, and of all the people to give the secrets to the Russians, knowing what, the, knowing what their setup is, and you're telling this guy's a hero and he's giving up secrets to the Russians? They don't yeah, want him. Man, we got some good <laughs> operatives out there. Hey, the truth. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, the truth. Let me ask you a question. Have you, uh, have you seen Hidden Colors? Hidden Colors. I'm not a big TV watcher, man. If I'm watching TV, it's usually something from our day, Good Times or something like that. Or you know, <laughs> no, I like me. Not, I'm not a big TV watcher like that, man. You know. Well, it's it's not it's what it is. It's a uh, it's not a really a television show. It's a uh, documentary. It's a it's a documentary um, by Tariq Nasheed. He had hidden colors about that. I read something about that. Is that the thing, yeah. your brother? Um, um, a different a different view of black man's life. Like for like a week, he gonna do some shows or something like that. Some documentary. Well, yeah. yeah, he well, what it is is. Uh, it's some, it's some, you know. Actually, it's a good, good, powerful stuff, man. That I know you are like. What he's talking about is Black history. A lot of stuff, a lot of untold uh, information about African people, man. About you know the pyramids or who created them and, and where we come from and the the Mizzetti, the uh, what he, he talks about the melanin. He talks about a lot of different stuff, and uh, he had hidden colors one. Uh, he had hidden colors two. And hidden colors three is going to hit certain theaters and. June 26th, and the dude is investing his own money and everything into it, man. And he's doing, he he has a lot of people on it, man. Uh, Dr. Umar John, Anderson was on it. Uh, he had Carrots uh, One on it. He has some really, really heavy hitters. And he's going to have this one coming up. He's going to have Dick Gregory, uh, Paul Mooney. They're going to talk about some real, real heavy stuff, and man. I've I, Personally, think it's a must-watch, man. I, I mean, it was one of the, one of the. I mean, we pretty much knew, you know. And I'm quite sure you know, and we 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 knew what was going on. But to actually being able to have it and to sit down with my son like that and show him that is is great, man. It's, it's just outstanding, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, man. My grandfather was a Garveyite, and um, my best friend known the brother about 30 years now. His father actually um, co-authored The Golden Age of the Moors with Ivan Van Sertum. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Um, and I know him, so I knew his father, you know, for 20-something years to the time his father went on the greener pastures. So, you know, this, the history part of it and stuff like that, I, I'm still on it. I love that part of it. But, you know, you brothers know me from the group. I'm not one to talk about. I can't, we can't go forward looking in our rear view mirror. It's crash every time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's not saying, okay, well, I got a book on the Nuba Warriors from Africa. I'm going to study the Nuba Warriors for X amount of hours a day at the same time mm-hmm. and get myself prepared. You talk about what's, you know, 
all of these things you make them come back together, you know. I love our history. I said, you know, people, oh, I love my black history. I love this, this, and that. But you won't leave the city. Why won't you leave the city? If you love your black history, we're agricultural people. We didn't go to the cities to the Great Depression. When all the jobs, we couldn't farm the land, and we had to give up our land, and we lost the land and everything that we had in the South. You know, up until Mm -hmm. then, you know, so... Yeah, I love the history part of it, man, brothers, but right now I'm on some just watching this little political climate, watching what's going on here and there with with these you know, with these different little symbols that they send in and these these little code words that they use in their speeches and the little political chess that they make it around the world here and there, you know, to um to be prepared for the future and what's gonna go on in the future. You know, right, that right. that that might be the thing that takes that that it takes to get us back together again. You know, I I, I frequently ask brothers, I'm like, well, you know, you know how to start a fire without any um any kind of tools, match or lighter, because you know how simple is it for an EMP, you know, electronic magnetic pulse to hit the earth right now and knock us all off the grid. You back to the Stone Age. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that, that's a, that's going to be a good start for the segment. I think we're going to go ahead and uh, lay on into a break real quick so I can pay a couple of bills. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back in a few minutes on that one. We're, we're live here on the Fear of a Black Planet. Y'all go ahead and call in. Don't be afraid because, you know, we we all family here, you know, Flossie Jeezy Worldwide, you know what I'm saying, uh, the Fear of a Black Planet with Sugar Ray. You know what I'm saying? 646-595-3402. We're going to hit y'all back real smooth and real quick. Hit it. Because he said 
know, what was more radical than X-Clan, see Public Enemy in concert, and them S1Ws, you got 100 S1Ws marching through there with fatigue and berets on. That's intimidating, man. I remember, you know, Randy, image through my mind. You know, check it out, man. You know what? That's where the name come from. That's where the name come from, man. But you know what, man? I remember seeing Public Enemy perform on uh, Rebel Without a Pause on Soul Trek. And when they got through, Don Cornelius, it's on, it's on uh, YouTube, as a matter of fact, when Don Cornelius got done, and he was finished, you know, that's my piece, he came up and he said, whoa, I don't know whether to shake your hand or I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> he said the first thing he said, man, because Soul Train never had anything like that, man, when P.E. came on that, man. The P came, they brought they they brought the real. Now, you a record executive. You got a man that's got a hundred security personnel that can march into a coliseum and shut it down. I seen them in Philly. And brothers was breaking all circles and you know, getting it in, they were fighting, you had your crews against crews and whatever was going on back then. But when public enemy took stage, they was like, All right, y'all had fun. We're getting ready to rock this stage. And it ain't enough of y'all in here to think you get ready to come up against for what we brought. We got 100 security guards. That's on stage. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you see, everybody sat on their hands, or they say sat on their hands, Public Enemy Rock, it wasn't no fighting, it wasn't no carrying on going on. You know, regardless if anybody likes him or not, FOI, I keep trying to find it. I got I to gotta dig in my crates and pull out my mouth of movie. When he went down there, he, he looked out the window, he said, Dad, he said, that's Brother Johnson's brother. And all the brothers snapped with, with the eyes right. Man, look. That's what it's going to take to make a change in revolution. You see, if, if any of these so-called gangs, they, they report a lot on them, but they don't report on the, the history of them and actually why they were even established. All the bloods and the right. just tearing up. Why? They were tear, tearing up because back in the 60s, they had to form to protect themselves from y'all. Right. That's why they don't say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no truth. That's why they don't say nothing. I'm trying to tell you, listen, man. You know, they tease me and my family say, boy, you're a militant man. I'm not militant. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. We need that discipline. If you could get brothers like Kiki and them back up in there, man, you know, Mm -hmm. if Little Wayne or Rick Ross or... Jay-Z or whoever's security came out like that and was standing in ranks and was in step. And, you know, was, you could see that their martial arts was nice with their hands, looked at their hands, it was like they'd been doing push-ups on boulders. Hey, family, you know where they got a lot of that from? That was that was Elijah F-O-I. and the FOIs. That's the FOIs, man. Man, when you come to a meeting with Elijah, my oh, yeah. Or you, or you come, or he come out to Seattle, or he pop up, you know, in one of, the, one of these cities where the, where one of any of the, the, you know, the sixty or seventy uh, mosques was at. Call a mosque back in the days, they call a masjid now. They show up in any of them spots, or I tell you what, blink wrong. 
Blink wrong. You, they didn't find you no more. Blink wrong. You, they didn't find you. you, you I, wish you I wish you would. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You, you talk about the like the song, what, what uh, the guru and them, the militia. Man, come on. Come on. And that, a lot of them steps and a lot of them moves. Well, that, yeah. that takes me back, man. That takes me back. That's like, like, I'll say it one more time. The, uh, uh, yeah, the risk of being redundant, the fear of the black planet. <laughs> right. You know, let me ask you guys a question, man. What do you, what do you think? I, you know, I had, had this conversation before, man, and one guy told me about NWA. He said that uh, it was a 50-50 thing with NWA. He said NWA, not only did they uh, help, but he said at the same time, he said it kind of hurt hip-hop. And, and I, told, I asked him, I said, explain it to me. And when he did, he was saying that the uh, they started making money off the word nigger more than ever with NWA, and there was too many people following suit, and they created gangster rap. And he said, as the years went on, it deteriorated, that's what he said. And he was saying that that's how a lot of people started making money in the game of the company that is. They start making money off us because exploitation of the inner city stuff going on. And he was saying before that we had a little more. He said they were involved, but they had more fear, and people wouldn't necessarily take crazy stuff. He he talking about how he he broke it down to he talking about how. People didn't change over the years. Like, you know, Ice Cube was not even a fearful guy no more. He was scared of him. He didn't say now. Nah. He said at the same time, Queen Latifah, she was the queen. Now she's something else right now. You know, he was going in about it, man. Something so, else, all right. Oh, I think my man got cut off, man. No, he, he's back. The gentleman's back on deck. The truth. Yeah, you got me on? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, man, you know, but I don't know what part I missed. I caught that last part about the queen not being the queen in the cube, not putting the fear of God. Right, right. You know. Yeah, well, yeah what I was saying was, what I was saying was the guy was saying, he said NWA, it helped. It helped and also also hurt. He said it because uh, he said a lot of companies that were, they had their face up and was turned their back on rap came. They want to deal with it, but when the NWA broke, they came out with the uh, gangster rap, and he said there was so many people following suit that a lot of gangsters started to come out. And a lot of people saw a lot of opportunities, and he said a lot of people got them. You know, what other music genre did they make a special task force just for to send and infiltrate the task force to see what was really going on up in there? You know, like I said, BDP come up in here. You got Zulu Nation security. They just as disciplined. We gonna have a good time, but y'all start any foolishness, you gonna get rolled. <laughs> you know, story. Um, what way I'm going with this is we don't have that discipline in our in our community anymore. You know, we we look at we look at. Of, we used to look at the children of light of persuasion and stuff when they talk back to their parents and be sitting there like, real? Y'all could do that? You could cuss? 
<laughs> you know, but you would get it in the store. <laughs> Let that man, be my folks. <laughs> and uh, I'll be like, I'm paying for everything on this aisle because I'm getting ready to whoop him with it. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. For real. She'd be like, I'm paying. She'd be like, I'm buying one of everything on here because I'm going to hit this little joker with everything you got here. Don't be in the bleach aisle or something. You might be messed up. But, you know, we don't have that discipline, man. The Panthers, you know, the um, deliberation parties on the East Coast and Panther parties on the West Coast and and in the, the South and and stuff like that. So, you know, these. I mean, I remember when I was young, man. Things that kept me out of prison and stuff. But I had the Vietnam veterans coming home, and they was teaching us martial arts and hand to hand combat. Those that weren't too shot out or or drugged out, you know, even took us and taught us about the NRA. You know, and things like that. We talk about being prepared and stuff like that, and but we have a stigma because of the, the violence that goes on in our communities about firearms. You know, we view the NRA as this this far right wing, you know, group that, that don't particularly care about black people, but they were formed by abolitionists and some free blacks to, to teach free blacks back then because after slavery was over we all know the South was like, No it ain't <laughs> People still come looking for jokers. <laughs> you know, so I was like, what you mean it's over? Nah, uh-uh, hold up. If you got any of our slaves, we coming to get them. So in, the, in 1880, NRA was formed by abolitionists in the South and some free blacks to give free people um, a chance to to defend, to defend themselves and stuff like that, you know. But where I'm going with it is, you know, we're talking about the whole hip-hop thing and stuff like that. If you could get these, you know, these young boys, these jokers, they talk a whole bunch of this and that, but they security ain't just they boys. They security ain't they boys. They got cops, ex-military, and whatever. Because... Half of y'all too drugged up and drunk at this time to be able to defend yourselves out here. Talking about you, you go hold it down, you go somewhere without a bodyguard. Okay. You know, but these brothers. We got a caller we're going to bring in right now. Hey, you hold on a second. Three, three, two, three. State your business. What's going on, brother? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, who is who I got? Who this is, is uh, brother Joey. Brother Joey. Joey White. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. We got the truth in here. We got nails in here. You the fourth member, man. What's, what's on your mind, man? Well, I just got you know. I just called in. I wanted to, you know. I was told to call in, so I said, well, let me see what these brothers are talking about. What is the topic? Because I'm obviously a, a lot late. Well, we just listened to the truth. He was telling some some, some great information, man, but we just basically right now just um, we just conversate, man, and talking about a variety of different things, man. We're trying to find, you know, just networking and 
see, can we come up with some type of idea, solution, or try to figure out some things what we could do for our, you know, our certain, our certain areas of where we at? It's just basically empowerment, man. You know, that's all we're doing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, man, I'm digressing like conversation all over the place. I'm taking two hours to answer the brother's simple question of what we need to do: the organization, discipline, and and a, and a goal, a common goal. Yeah, okay. Hey, we are we are we are feeling the conversation that you got there, though, my brother. I mean, it's, it is, this is the kind of stuff that's necessary, and, and it needs to be, you know, what I'm saying, a, 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 at least a, a weekly, a bi-weekly thing where we get together like this because, you know, it, it's so hard nowadays to find, you know, some realness from real uh, brothers talking about something, you know, about, you know, bling and jewels and clothes and stuff. It, it, it really is good to have brothers on deck that's really talking about something that's real. I really appreciate having y'all, you know, uh, stop by and, and, uh, and, we, and we run this thing. You know, Sugar Ray has got this, this uh, you know, the fear of a black planet thing going. And, you know, we, we come in 100 radio. So whatever your, whatever your thoughts are, whatever, you you know, we're, we're doing or whatever, uh, hey, man, you know, it, it's, it's good to be able to, to not only hear you but be heard. You get a chance to say your, your whole deal out there, man, because, you know, a lot of stuff that, Folks are listening to tonight, and by the way, the number, folks, is six four six five nine five three four zero two. It's not only relevant, but it's important to hear. And some of the stuff people may have heard all along, but there's a few of us out there that still need a little bit of help trying to figure out, you know, what what's actually real beyond just clothes, jewels, and uh, jewels and jewelry and, and cars and stuff like that. So they, they need to hear this realness. So you know, whatever we bring to the table, believe me, it's it's for the betterment of what you know, the overall purpose of who we are, and that is the fear of the black planet, because that's important. You know what I'm saying? We, the topics, uh, Brother White, we were talking about was the white supremacy factor, you know, solutions for, for black people, uh, thoughts on uh, on the hidden colors, uh, and uh, also, you know, creating a black network. So, you know, that's what we're kind of rolling with. Uh, but, you know, uh, feel free to chime in on any of those things, because, like I said, everybody's opinion is important on here. Well, well, I uh, I've seen the first two uh, hidden colors, and the the, uh, the trailer for for part three looks very interesting to me. I mean, you know, the brother, even though he has his little, you know, his, his uh, intricacies on on uh, on on women, you know, with his pimp thing and his books and stuff that he put out prior to the hidden color stuff. Um, all that aside. He, he does have some good knowledge uh, that's being, you know, imparted in those movies. So I like I like the Hidden Colors, uh, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of kids need to see, or all, our, all black kids, you know, need to see, you know, those, uh, those movies because it gives you knowledge that the schools don't or won't give you. And unfortunately, a lot of our uh, parents, you know, our black parents don't have that knowledge to pass down to their kids because they weren't taught it in school. So, I mean, you know, anywhere that you can get some black knowledge is obviously good, but this brother puts a lot of information in these movies, so I'm, uh, you know, I like those. Now, as far as a, uh, a black network is concerned, um, I have spent, you know, thousands of dollars uh, building one, actually. Uh, and I try to tell people, you know, anybody that'll listen uh, about it, um, because I feel that, you know, us sitting on Facebook 
and Twitter and wherever other social media that's owned by you know white people uh, is not doing us any any justice because it's like you know it, it seems to me like we're just getting laughed at in a way you know Facebook can can cut off your account anytime they feel like it because you know they can just say well you know we don't want you here and boom now you now your account is gone now you ask him. You know, where's brother X Y Z? Oh, well, I don't know. I ain't seen him in a couple of days. Now his account is gone, and you never see him again. You know, because right. Facebook can do that, and you know, and we are under an illusion that you know, not all of us, but I'm saying the majority, a lot of uh, uh, brothers and sisters are under an illusion that you know they can uh, that Facebook can't kick them off when they feel like it. So I took yeah. took it upon myself. To say, well, you know, let me let me let me put my money where my mouth is, and you know, start my own network for us. So I started an all-black social media website um, two years ago, or was it three? Yeah, two years ago. Um, and it's slowly picking up speed because you know the, the the one problem that we black people have is, for the most part, you know, we 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 can't do anything without white people being around. <laughs> you know, and, and we can't we can't function right either. You got the brother who wants to argue with white people, so he can't function right. Or you got the white uh, the brother that that uh, we uh, we all need to get along, and he can't function right. So I mean, you know, the, the site is you know slowly growing, but it's you know it's moving yeah, slower you, than I wanted it to. You know, your, your site I like it a lot, man. It's, it's man, it's the app. My I'm, uh, my auntie down in Louisiana, she's on it, man. The thing about it was when I was doing it, I had a hard time because I was going through some difficulty with my. Uh, you know, my everyday situation, man, but I'm going I'm on now. Thanks for man nails and the FBI give me a nice laptop. So it's right now to the point where I'm going to be instrumental on your site again, man, and I want, and I would love to I'll have opportunity, man, to uh, post as much as I can about about your site. Because when you have a social media thing, you got to go to this piece. It's nice, man. I like it a lot. And, uh, well, and, and just in case you didn't know, I, I uh, you know, what was that? Uh, March, I um, launched the uh, mobile app also. Yeah, that's why I have a phone. I have a mobile on my phone right now. I just got on there. Yeah, because I have a new phone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people don't know because, you know, they uh, they haven't seen the, uh, the um, you know, the, uh, the links I, I posted for the app. But, you know, the app is, is a dual, it's a dual app. It's for business and for social media also. I built it basically uh, for black businesses because we need to get into the e-commerce. Now, you're talking about networking. This is one part, one place that we are missing the boat at. Um, right. The e-commerce the e uh, aspect of, of the Internet because we can come up with a website, um, we can come up with a, a brick-and-mortar business, but we're missing money on the uh, the e-commerce side because I'm sitting here in L.A. You could be sitting in New York or Louisiana or wherever. I have a product that I, w I want to sell. You want to buy it, but unless you come to L.A., you ain't going to get it. So we have to do like the Asians, white people, Mexicans, and everybody else. We have to get to the e-commerce section. And the only way that we can do that mostly is through the, uh, you know, through the mobile app because the mobile app will give you the capability of talking to your customers and selling them products and services, you know, on the fly. And that's where right. the Asians are starting to move to. So we need to get in front of it before we be, we, we are behind yet again. Yeah, 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 I like that. 
Yeah, most definitely. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, well, actually, the, the truth. Are you, um, have you guys, Joey, have you met the truth? Have you guys came across each other on, um, online? I mean, in the, in the group? I don't, like I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I don't, I have no idea. I've met so many different people. I, I, I have no clue. Yeah, man, I yeah. stay the same. I'm, there's so many, man. There ain't no telling. You know, it could be. It's only six degrees of separation out here in the non-digital world, so. Exactly. No you, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. See, you know, I get a whole bunch of friend requests from people. I'm like, where did you find me at? Oh, my friend, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I got so many friends. I look down my my timeline on Facebook. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> like, oh well, whatever. They'll delete you know, us. Yeah. They don't like what I'm saying. They will delete themselves. So, <laughs> you know, it's all good. Yeah, yep. a lot yeah, of yeah. it has to go in, and you gotta you gotta um you gotta vet these people these days. You, you heard about the sister they locked up? Um, I don't know if it was a black woman, and I believe it was a white lady. She messed around and befriended somebody over there in the Middle East who turned out to be um, on the watch list. So when they went through her, when they went through dude's Facebook, they came knocking at her door and swooped her up out the house. Uh, whoa! Well, unless you're talking about, she must have been talking about some, you know, some 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 uh, illegal stuff. You know, they don't. You can have a million friends on Facebook and talk to all of them, but if you're talking about something to say, you know, when you hit them keywords, because <laughs> you know that uh, Facebook Incorporated is really FBI. So when you hit them keywords in Facebook, if you notice, I don't know if y'all notice it, you probably have, but if you notice on Facebook, if you type in uh, certain words, like on Facebook, like if you're talking, you're having a conversation with somebody, and you're talking about hamburgers. The next ad, when you refresh your page, you'll see. You, I guarantee you, you'll see a pic. You'll see an ad on Facebook for you know McDonald's or Hardee's or wherever y'all got a, a local yeah. business around your area. So they they, they obviously are monitoring our conversations very hard because I mean, if you, okay. like I said, if you put in anything lotion and you get some damn uh, ad on for Jergens, I'm like, wait a minute, what? You put in networking. Sure. I, I swear, I put in networking and I get I get. Uh, these sponsored ads from different little apps and stuff. I'm like, where in the hell are all this come from? But they monitoring our conversation. And that's one yeah. thing that I try to tell people. You cannot start a revolution in the backyard of your enemy. It just don't make any sense. You know, but they right. continue to want to have, create Facebook page after Facebook page, you know, black love, black revolution, black this, black. I'm like, dude, do you understand that these people can just hit delete? Oh, they better not do that. Okay, yeah, all right, cool. This, yeah, this is your website. I'm sorry. I forgot, I forgot you, you know, I forgot you were related to Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, my bad. I mean, you know, I didn't know he, I know he married an Asian chick, but I didn't know he married a black chick. Okay, I'm sorry, you know, but that's what they do. Yeah. And then when they yeah, disappear, when they say it's correct, when they disappear, I make beats huh? and stuff, and they say, no, sure enough, you know, here comes, here comes some stuff that I was just looking at come popping up, and then I went to a couple of sites that, you know, I said, and I won't talk about it here, here online just in case they get an ear to the wall, but it's popped up, and the computer almost froze and pops up with your pages being monitored by the Secret Service or some kind of weird whatever, and it actually pops up with Obama's picture. 
Yeah, and you I'm know, like, just no, no. over net, net neutrality, right? They get ready to go through a whole different little speezy over, you know, internet trafficking and all of that. I haven't gotten into the reading about it, but I heard about it a few months ago where he wanted to hand over um, basically how they monitor you on the internet. They wanted to hand that over to the to the U.N. You know, boy, so, boy. yeah, man, like, these jokers ain't playing. Like the brother said, you ain't going <laughs> to. I'm going to send out a, a big message today. Look, we have a revolutionary meeting tomorrow to be excited. Man, that joke, ain't nobody going to know about it because it ain't going to be there. I'm going to show up to the meeting. <laughs> ain't nobody going to be there because they're the that went in there and erased it, man. Special shout-out to Eric. Get on. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. My site ain't a hundred percent, you know, uh uh you know, it ain't like we we having a, a a conversation in a cave, but what I try to do is have my team monitor, you know, yeah. what's going on. You know, I mean, we we can't we can't be a hundred percent on anything cuz I mean the government can and will, you know, do what they want. I mean, you know, they have the algorithms, the algorithms and and everything for every every single piece of information that goes on on Facebook, I mean, on, on the Internet. So I, I'm under no illusion that my site is 100%, you know, uh, uh, secure. But at least we're not, we don't have the problem of getting kicked off, uh, you know, at any given moment because somebody decided they didn't like what we were saying. Like I try to tell these people, they they argue with me or they, they, they held me up on Facebook for months with this Trey Boone Martin page that they had, somebody created um, about Trayvon Martin, you know, Trey Boone Martin with his death pictures and stuff, making, you know, making uh, little caricatures and little memes, I guess, of, of them being in different poses, dead and shit like that. And, you know, I, I, I had um, sent a, a complaint to Facebook and they, it, they oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't violate our rules and regulations now. Same per same same conversation. Here we go with uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Marcus Garvey, or whatever. Somebody posts that stuff, and now it's getting deleted. Oh, this violates. And then people were were posting like, "Hey, my picture of Marcus Garvey got deleted." Like what? But they wouldn't remove this whole racist page. It's like you know. So you see what side of the bread they they have their butter on. And if you think that they care about you just because of whatever, you are sadly mistaken. Oh yeah, man. You, yep. you know. I'm we not. We go. Go ahead. See, I'm not as internet savvy, so I kind of kept up with what you were saying regarding everything like that. I got to get a link up to your to your um to your networking site and everything. But yeah, man, you can't start no revolution. You know, I got into the point where, cause like I said, I'm not. I'm not into it like that, but I have some time off. I got a lap, so I'm kind of sitting on my hands right now with my time. So, yeah, let me check out what they're doing on Facebook. I join these groups, and they argue. They argue. Whatever, you know. So, listen, man, I'm here, I'm here. Let's go do this. I offer this. This is, you know, this is what I got to offer. This is what I'd like to offer the community. Hit me up if you need Man, they're too busy. They want to argue, man. We we've seen that one, Sugar Ray. <laughs> uh, we 
we've seen that one. We 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 we've been to argue argue with me central and nothing getting taken care of and being reduced to, you know, what I'm saying what what MC's kissing the other MC and Tupac in a bathtub full of flowers and all kind of other weird stuff. Stuff that makes yeah. you leave their their page in, at three o'clock in the morning. See you later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're part of we're we're part of a group, man, of a, a bunch of brothers, man, and they were like. You know, they were doing some stuff, man, and they were, you know, it was our brothers, man, but it got to the point, man, to where it got really out of hand, man, because dude was basically, it wasn't about hip-hop and it wasn't about sports the more. The guy was talking about and they was degrading each other and talking bad about each other and, and, and all kinds of stuff, and it got to the point where they had to talk about, uh, you know, well, one question was, if Tupac was alive, would you you keep the war dress and all that kind of stuff like that? You know, what I mean, like, what the hell? Well, who who talks about that? But you know what I'm saying. And then it goes on, man. And cats was going on, man. Then when you post something, man, like I post some other time for you know, just post this shit, man. I post something about some black consciousness stuff, man. Go off on me, man. They I mean, they just go off. I had a white dude in that same group. This is like about 300, 400 black dudes, and probably about four or five white dudes. White dude in that group called me a racist. And then on top of that, nobody on the other, nobody stood up for me. So I said to myself, I said, man, these cats here are cooning. They're on the coon track. <laughs> so I just got to man. And I just bounced, man. You know, it's like whatever. But I'm still part of the group. But man, Nels, he at 3 o'clock in the morning bounced out of the group. But I'm over there, man, and I don't really entertain it. I don't entertain it that much, man. But this is how far, man, this is how far cats are, man. Cats are not even getting it. They're not even conscious on things, man. And if somebody tries to be conscious, they debate about it. It's like a competition. Like, they want to debate. And, dude, I ain't trying to debate it. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I got a problem with that. Well, I don't try to fight that. You know what I'm saying? But cats, man, man. Brother Ray. Sorry, man. Yeah, man. That's how I linked up with Brother Ray. He was in the room. I said, man, you know what? There's some of y'all in here. I'm going to hit with a little personal friend's invite or something like that, but I'm out of here. I had enough of this. Man, we're talking about the coon train with O'Brien in the background like Saturday morning. I'm looking for Don Cornelius. I'm looking around for him. He ain't nowhere to be seen, but the coon train is rolling through. The coon train. I'm like, man, it's time. It's time to go. It's time to go, man. Tupac in a, in a, in a, in a bathtub full of flowers. You know, who is Little Wayne kissing? Uh, let's see, uh, you know, Eminem's the subject for the next three days. And then after that, we're going to flip over to something else. I'm like, okay, part, 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 uh, one of the uh, that their program. I, I cut that that page off. Then part two just just got worse than that one. And then they, when they showed up with Tupac with the with the bathtub and the flowers and all that shit, it was time to go. I started about two thirty in the morning because there's fantasy football. You know, you do all kind of stuff with these cats for two three years, and then it gets reduced to this. And it's like, okay, I tell you what, you know, it's time for some mind expansion. Let's create the worldwide. And then I talked to my man, you know, Sugar Ray and a couple other cats and all the intellects seemed to have left the building at the same time. And Cash was more mad that we left than when they were were, when we were, uh, you know, posted up with him. And I was like, look, you know, when you start getting so far 
off of what we're supposed to be all about to the point where you put Sugar Ray down, you know, for this white dude that's in the group, and he just got there like 15 minutes ago. It's like it's time to go, man. I got I got to be around some real cats, relating to some real stuff. So then that's how this all came together. And like I said before, we try to keep it 100 radio. So whatever your thoughts are, you know, that's what you try to do. And matter of fact, anybody else out there wanting to wanting to get in for on the last last 10 minutes before we go to overtime, you know what I'm saying? Get three minutes in. I'm gonna I'm gonna blast one more, uh, you know, kind of a public enemy song uh, in here that. Uh, my man, uh, Sugar Ray, courtesy of him setting up the music for the show tonight. We, it's, it says seven uh, minutes and seven seconds left, but, you know, we get that free hour where we can just continue to relate. Nobody else will be able to call in. So you, anybody out there that wants to participate, 646-595-3402, that's your minutes, and we're going to pay a couple of bills, and we'll be back real short, like, cause, uh, like I said, we, we've had a great show tonight, and we want to continue to keep this thing rolling. But that's the number, 646-595-3402. Here we go. A ballad behind bars, or you could say real rock from the rock, an unusual musical happening in a most unusual place. The state prison have... I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in my cell. How long has it been? They got me sitting in a state pen. I gotta get out, but that thought was thought before. I contemplated a plan on the cell floor. I'm not a fugitive on the run, but a brother like me begun to be another one. Public enemy serving time, they drew the line, y'all. They criticized me for some crime. Nevertheless, they could not understand that I'm a black man, and I can never be a veteran. On the streets, the situation's unreal. I got a raw deal, so I'm looking for the steal. I'm going for that. On death row, I grabbed his gun and he did what I said so. And every man's a man got served, along with the time they served, decency was deserved. To understand my demands, I gave a warning. I wanted the governor, y'all, and put the warden to know that I was innocent because I'm militant, posing the threat. You better s- government. Yeah. My plan said I had to get out and break north. Just like Oliver's neck, I had to get off. My boys had the feds in check. They couldn't try nothing. We had a force to instigate a prison riot. This is what it takes for peace. So I just took the peace. Black for black. It's my time to cut the least freedom to get out to the ghetto. No sellouts. Sixty olds we got. We ought to put their head out. But I'll give them a chance cause I'm civilized. As for the rest of the world, they can't realize a cell is hell. I'm a rebel so I rebel. Between bars got me thinking like an animal Got a woman see the call me a copter She tried to get away and I popped her twice Right, no one to get nice I had six CEOs and now it's five to go And I'm... Hold it now 
wife tell you that joint right there makes you want to start cracking some heads right quick. <laughs> hey, we back, man. We 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 back. Two minutes to go in the, in the regular time, but we still got a full hour. But as long as y'all want to jaw and whatever y'all want to throw out there. Yeah, man, that was them days right there. Cool. Yeah, indeed, man. You know, you know, hey man, you know what? Hey, I I had the pleasure, man, like about let's see, about two weeks ago, probably about probably longer than that. I talked to Professor Griff on the phone, man. And the thing about it, what tripped me out was, is that I got his number, and it's so funny, I got his number by watching YouTube, and he put his number on. He didn't said his number. He just said it out there, and I just jotted it down. I said, "Give brother a call," and I call. And he texts back and he said he can't talk right now. He's on the radio. So I end up talking to him. And uh, it was it was a surreal moment, man. I, I, I just I, I kind of froze up, you know, like Griff, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the brother was he, he was a serious cat, man. But you know, I followed up, talked to him, and I called the show, and uh, I called his show. And the brother man tripped me out, and uh, I didn't tell him my real name. I came off of Sugar Ray, you know, and he was like, he said, hey, brother, your name is Sugar Ray? And I was like, uh, now nah, my real name is Norris Ray Robinson Jr., but I just, you know, Sugar just something that was added on to it, you know. And he said, okay, he said, I have to make sure because, you know, these nicknames, you know, a lot of brothers, you know, get these nicknames, I have to make sure. And I said, yeah. I said, he said, you any kin to Sugar Ray the Boxer? I said, no, no, his real name is Walker Smith, you know. And he said, oh, okay. He said, oh, you one of them smooth brothers. And I said, <laughs> <and I> said <laughs> kind of took me out, man, but just chopping up with the cat, man. It was it was a good moment, man. I ain't going to lie. Mr. Griffin's chill, real cool dude, very serious. Oh, yeah, man. See, now that's the, that's the thing, man, you know. Back in that, like that hip-hop day, it was you get to the show at the right time, you might get in the session in the back, backstage with KRS-One and, and you get to build with these brothers. You know, like I said, I'm from that area up mm. there in, in the Northeast. So, you know, we hit Midtown Manhattan around with a studio. We don't know if these cats, somebody got a meeting today. You know. I'm a bump into somebody. It used to be you bumping into somebody in Midtown Manhattan during the week, certain times of day, man. We'd be out there shopping our demos or whatever. You get to meet some of these brothers and chop it up with them, man. You'd be like, man, you just grow a whole new appreciation for them because, like, I was just listening to your tape on the way here. Now I'm sitting down talking and I'm building with you. <laughs> <laughs> you feel KRS One, Chuck D. You know, um, my brother from Rock All oh, Man, Rockem Deep. You know, a lot of brothers, you know, was deep. Um, Big Daddy Kane. You know, everybody thought Kane was on some pimping, and man, Kane Kane was an Asiatic, you know, conscious mind brother. Oh yeah, the Asiatic black man. He was I always say that man. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he was, uh... <laughs> you know. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the brothers, Cool G Rap, a lot of them, you know, started off in the five percent nation and mm-hmm. on all that back. You know that, that movement we had back in the eighties. That was a strong movement back in the eighties. Very strong, man. I mean, it was, you know, that was so strong, man. That I was, you know.
know, I was in Louisiana. You know, I'm in Seattle now, but I was in Louisiana, man, and I could just feel that that power from, from all that, man, because the music was always there. And when I went to Grambling State, I met a lot of cats, man, that came from different areas, man, and they used to come with that same type of vibe, man. And the music, you know, we used to go to the uh, little concerts or whatever, man, but the vibe was really big and strong in Louisiana. So I can imagine in New York it was powerful, man, because yeah. it was it was a vibe that it was just, you just felt it. Yeah, man, that God body is strong, man. You know, you know, you look at them; they've been taken off. Yeah, you know, they weren't right. they weren't even seen as traditional. Let's say militant BDP, Public Enemy, X Clan, on that vibe type of of, of black empowerment hip hop. They were, you know, when I look at the five percent, it's like those are the coolest cats. Man, jokes that had a 360 waves on, man, of jokes, and then they out there speaking positive, you know, building knowledge and teaching you stuff about yourself, you know, supreme mathematics, you learning all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's what's up. That's how I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, and this dude, I mean, you know, back in our day, okay, this dude got the Adidas on, the Lee jeans, hold up. He geared up, he got his gold on, whatever, but he wants some positive black man movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a question. Uh, I was having this conversation the other day, or was it today? Well, one of them, either way. Um, when did we, when did we, when did we go wrong? And, you know, I, what I mean is, like, we had the 50s, 60s, 70s black power movement. And then, I guess, the 80s, we just lost control. In the 90s, they tried to get it back a little bit, and the 2000s is over. When did, so, but where did we fall off the, the rail completely, if that makes any sense? I mean, I know, like, in the, in the late 70s, early, you know, the 80s, with the crack and all that, you know, the Black Power Movement just fell apart, you know. But, I mean, in the 90s, we tried to get it back, but then it just... You know, it was diverted again. But what did they replace it with? Because we already had crack. So what did yeah, they what did they get us with the second time? Mass destruction. I think it's a warehouse generation. I call it the warehouse yeah, generation because it it comes in three phases. You know what I'm saying? I told told Sugar Ray the other night. You you start off first by destroying. Right? If you want to conquer people, you don't have to do it monetarily or even physically. Your first step is to uh, confuse and distort their their religious factor or their God factor and confuse them with that because that's every man's basic dichotomy and makeup is that he's he's, he's born of, of God and, and you know and then that, that that gets diverted and tore up. But the three stages on the physical level are the drugs, then the uh, the uh, enforcement of, of of the drugs thing by throwing as many brothers as you could in the in, in the warehouses and then the gentrification factor that we're going through right now, in which, you know, everything is confused with this new bullshit, new sex uh, craze revolution, and I say categorically that, no, that's not the new black. So quit asking that dumbass question. That's not the new black. Uh, but that, 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 to me, is the three phases they've gone in. This gentrification is the, is the latest power move where 
kids to move out of Big Mama and Big Daddy's house and thrown out in the boonies, and then they take over, you know, where we're at right now. They call it gentrification. I just call it land grabbing. But the three phases where I see it at, three phases I see it at is when you put the drugs into the neighborhoods that wasn't good enough for you. The drugs were put into the neighborhood in order to dilute and confuse the movement. Then you then take it and turn it into, you know, uh, Bush told you about it when he made this little speech about the New World Order BS. In other words, the New World Order also included taking the drugs that they had you on inundating your neighborhood. They didn't know their own people were going to get caught up on it. Then they went from that phase to enforcing it and everything you do right down to a seed. You're thrown in jail and miscombobulated in your family. See, once you break up the family structure, you you got things in your family structure along with your educational value of whatever any of that means to you, you shake that up, and then the land grab and the property theft you got now. So that's the three phases they, they got us with. I mean, you start out, once you once you get the drugs in there, you've already got that confusion and everything, and people are already kind of separated and kind of torn up. Then you enforce that, and you break it, do like you did the, the slavery thing. It was like 2.0 of the slavery thing. You go in and you break up those families by putting all the, all the men in, in prisons and in jails and giving them football numbers for simple stuff that, that, that never made sense. Now you're making money off those same marijuana, those same drugs now that you gave us 20 and 30 years for, and without the, the, the father in the house and having that structural thing going on, you then turn the women into, uh, you know, the males and the, and the providers that way, and then they, they, they start flipping and turning into all the, they just start acting like dudes because you're no longer there and all the weird stuff. So it's 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 kind of a hard question to answer initially, but those are those are the things that I see that happen. Where, like I said, drugs, enforcement, warehouses, separation of the families, and when you separate, take the men out of the thing. No matter how independent women talk that independent shit, you take the man out of the equation, and then all of a sudden you're standing there with a broken a thread, and the son doesn't have that father to look up to, and that father, even though mom's your first teacher. That father is the continuum of that of that teaching, that education. Right. This is what manhood means. This is what where you're supposed to be going to. This is what my father taught me. That's no longer there because that is locked behind a, behind a cell wall. And then once you lock that behind right. a cell wall, you can do with the gentrification thing that you do now and taking big mamas in them house and property and stuff, using the tax codes to price us out of our stuff, and then scattering everybody. So that that that's to me that's the breakdown. Right, man. That's, right. that's 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 pretty cool. What do you think about yeah. these brothers uh, on Facebook that keep on talking about these uh, uh, bastard baby makers talking about single mothers? I, I I'm I'm I don't really like it because they keep leaving out the men. I mean, the women mm-hmm. don't get pregnant by themselves. They they keep they keep leaving out the men. Like all these women, they they just the bastard baby makers. They making all these babies. I'm like, uh, it takes a man to make get these women pregnant. You leaving him totally out of the equation. You know, it, it, used, it used to until they came up with artificial insemination that was actually structured to get the homosexual from Greenwich Village in New York to San Francisco because they had their own network set up already to end the same-sex marriage and BS and stuff that you got going right now. And I'll say it again, and I keep saying it until they realize that, that it has nothing to do with with being the new black, that's bullshit. Quit asking that, quit asking us that dumbass question because you're not going to compare 40 or 50 years of this nonsense 
and this artificial insemination, all this weird stuff you got going with almost now, no longer 400 years, but 500 years of the destruction of the black man. You're not going to keep throwing that bullshit question at us because those of us who, like I said before, had pops around longer. Because pops left our house at 13, but see, I still had Alice Lam to kind of keep me kind of grounded on where everything was. You can't keep on throwing this, this weird stuff at us and wondering what's going on because, like, like, like uh, I think Pop said it, you know, chicks turn around and they start acting like dudes and stuff because we're not around. And this sister was trying to break it down and something she threw in Black Planet the other day, kind of kind of explaining why sisters do the stuff that they do and, and stuff like that and so far as, the, you know, how the new setup is. But that's what it ends up becoming, you know. It, 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 to answer your question, that is, that's, that's, a, that's a, a falsetto. That's an erroneous thing saying that, you know, the women have to do it by themselves and that's how it is. They don't really mean that for the general population. They're talking about our population because the longer you can keep this solid drink diluted with more water and ice cubes, which is what you've done to our communities by breaking up our family structure the way you've done and continue to continue to feed now newer and stronger drugs and newer and weirder stuff. And, you know, you know, I think that rather than blame it on Africa, I think you do get our community with AIDS just like you did those families down south during the 50s when you purposely said that you were coming up with new flu cares and you infected them with syphilis. I think you did the same thing with the AIDS thing. And everything that you've meant for us, you never needed your daughters, aunts, sisters, and and, and uh, midwives were going to be sleeping with black men. You know what I'm saying? So when you did all this crazy, mixed-up, confusing space-age BS that you're still doing right now, you didn't know that, 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 that uh, your numbers would be depleting and ours would be continuing to rise because, you know, women, no matter how they try to do this other stuff, they still need that strength of the male and, and the actual natural provider. At some point, they have to do that, but science made it where they could do artificial insemination. So now, yes, women are having choosing what sex they want their children to be and choosing to do all this weird stuff through scientific means, and it's just destroyed society, and it's continuing to be destroyed, you know, at a, at a rate that's phenomenally just out there. If I'm yeah. putting it in the right, the right context for me. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a there's a there's a lot of things, man. When it comes down to like what happened to us, man, I really believe, you know, I mean, it's, it go way back to, you know, when the Black Wall Street. You know, I think when we had our own situation where we had to do for ourselves and we weren't dependent on nobody else. You know, we had a lot more entrepreneurs, we had a lot more black businesses, and everything was pretty black. But the thing about it where I think was when I was told, and I think I'm, not, I'm not still trying to figure those things out. There's a video on that. I got a to watch it. But the thing what happened was, was the thing with the, the um, NAACP and a few other things is what happened to us and got us away from being thinking black and trying to do black. You know, because we were basically on our own. We was doing our thing because we, you know, we left at slavery, and we was basically we had to fend for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And it's time we got into this point where we start being uh, acceptance and being easy and letting them into our world. I'm talking about white folks 
it's, we was already over here, but what I'm saying is to the point where we feel like we can try to uh, teach them things. They didn't know how to do shit, you know what I'm saying? Because we did everything. Because remember, we were slaves. We did everything. And things, we had the skills and all that kind of stuff. And then as time went on, we got to the point where we let them, we stopped being independent, start being independent again on them again. And they got more into uh, integration to the point where it got more that we feel like we want to be part of them. We try to keep on trying to prove we want equality and we want to be accepted. And we we just got to the point where we stopped thinking independent. And, you know, as time went on, man, as you can see right now, you got a lot of guys are still don't want to do anything. You know, we talking about you bring any guy a serious basketball fan. We talk about to get a black league, and no motherfucker want to think about that. Everybody wants to get in time, get in line, and pay six hundred million to this guy to buy the Clippers. When I can name about five black people that done that, but instead of getting that money together to possibly do something for us, we're not into that. Nobody's thinking independent. When they talk about a situation where in school or anything like that, because I work at a school, the thing when they talk about is they talk more about diversity and, and minorities. But nobody talks about black. They talk about gay rights. They talk about white rights. They talk about everybody else. They don't talk about black rights. Nobody cares about black issues. So when we get to the point where we was, when we start thinking for ourselves, that's when we'll be able to do for ourselves. And that's what the music is the Panthers, and that's what the nation is for. That's what everybody wanted. And one of the biggest things that's hurting us right now is in our neighborhoods, and that's the churches. It's not doing anything for us, man. They are being, what they're doing for us, they probably have funerals for us. And some of them probably have a picnic or some stuff like that, but they're blood us. They're not doing anything to us. They're selling us something that we don't, that's not even feasible to black people. They're not, not even tangible. I mean, like, it has nothing to do. I mean, when you go in the church in Monroe, Louisiana, and you're going to see a white man on a, on, a, on a wall, and you have a bunch of black folks, and they're crying with big old hats on. And I'm from Monroe, and I can speak on it because... It's what it is. But you try to talk to them about something else or try to rethink that or try to change it, they think that you, oh, you need to chill out, man. You need to stop talking that black shit. You're too much. That's the problem right there, man. Cats down south, a lot of cats down south are scared. Not all. There's some guys down south that want to get it in. But there's a lot of cats down there that are real soft. I really don't want to do anything. Well, you got the you know, if you got a if you got a person's mind, man, you got them. They could be physically five times as strong as you, and mentally, their cognition, you know, is leaps and bounds beyond yours. But you got them in a psychological disadvantage, and that's all it takes. Where they can't exercise those other facilities to its fullest extent because. You got that psychological disadvantage. You know, everything we're talking about is that everything we're talking about, and I just keep wanting to chime in and say, Jim Crow. Read the Jim Crow papers and look at it. And look at what's, and the sad part about it, what makes me upset about it is a majority of us know about the Jim Crow papers, 
a good a good portion of black people know about the Jim Crow papers or have at least heard the term Jim Crow. A good portion of us are educated on it and we still fall for it. How can somebody tell you that the road is bumpy, it's full of potholes and everything, and you're going to ride your low ride 6'4 down there at full speed and tear the bottom off your car? You can't keep knowing that there's snares and pitfalls set up for you out there and you keep falling for them. You know, like, so, but your brother touched on a lot of things. The church has failed us. You know, but, again, man, I don't know what that unifying factor is going to be. You know, but the other brother touched on degentrification, on gentrification. And I'm saying to myself, too, but I'm thinking, you know, when in the military, when they say improvise, adapt, and overcome, they they had to coin that phrase after black people because we some improv, improvisation, adaptation, and overcoming people. Okay, you you tell us that they that day was night and night is day starting tomorrow. We the first to adapt. We the first to overcome any obstacles that comes through. So, you know, maybe we all know that this is done systematic education and all these type of things. But, you know, for the church goers out there and everything, you know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Okay, we're going to move them out to the city because they're dependent. But they don't have, a majority of them, a good portion of them, don't have transportation to get to the, gas, to get to the store so they can buy food. We move them out there to the suburb, provide them with sparse to no public transportation and uh, a, a microbial system, systematical eradication of a people begin. Well, who's to say them systems won't be out there this summer tilling the soil and growing their garden? Oh, you going you gonna to tell me I can't get down the street to get fresh vegetables or you're only giving me this much in food stamps? The, the, the price of uh, food stamps or the price of my pay inflation doesn't meet the price of food and rent inflation. You're, you're just solely and systematically eradicate. Okay. I'm going to tell this soil. I'm, I'm going to till this soil and throw me the guard. You know, so yeah, they they, 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 they. And the brother touched on prison. Yeah, a lot of things they they incarcerate us, but look what happened. Mm-hmm. Now the bloods and the bloods and crips went from being a L.A. thing to being a nationwide thing. Then they started linking up inside with, okay, you got a dude from L.A. got messed around, got locked up in Illinois. Now they start making cross alliances. You got what? How many hundreds of thousands of gang members in um, L.A.? That's got a cross-alliance with how many hundreds of thousands in Chicago? That's got a cross-alliance with how many in Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Philly and New York and New Jersey? Hmm. So, you know, it seems like everything that they're putting up there against us ends up working out in our benefit, man. I say our benefit, you ain't going to see the immediate benefit from it. Right. You know, but, yeah, okay, put me out in the country. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, um, 
I'm going to grow a garden since I can't go up and down the street. And you just have to, we, we have been the masters of improvise, adapt, and overcome whatever obstacles is in our way. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, we, we, we definitely got to, we got to do that, man, because there's a lot of stuff out there against us, man. I mean, but we have to over, we have to adapt and overcome. We know it's out there, but we have to adapt and just do, we have to do a unify, man, because we can't waste too much time battling ourselves, man. And um, that's real talk, man. I mean, I hope we answer. I hope we answer your question. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you have any more, I mean, you, we can answer. Them. Oh yeah, it, that was some a lot of good information. I was just sitting here thinking as y'all was talking. I was like, you know, we always come up with, you know, the problems, but we don't really come up with a lot of working solutions. Um, well, you. You know, we are reactionary people. Have, have you noticed that? I mean, just jump in the country, brother, like that. But have you noticed that we are reactionary people instead of yeah. proactionary people? We wait for something. Oh, yeah. We, we like, we like counterpunching. <laughs> you know, it is crazy. I have a discussion with one of my, my friends about this. They, essentially, in the 90s, when things were good, Everybody, you can get a job slinging boxes, paying you about fourteen dollars an hour, man. You're like, well, you gonna pay me fourteen dollars an hour to unload that truck? I mean, I'll be able to pay my rent, feed my family, and have a little bit of um, R and R money. It was good. See, people don't realize Clinton was like, you better go to school, you better get a job, that you better get a trade and a, and a profession that's gonna be employable in the future because what you're doing now ain't going to be here. Clinton was giving away money to go to school. Yeah, Obama. That is, uh, Obama. They have a lot of money and everything. They're not, they not, they not coming on TV saying, listen, go to school because these jobs ain't going to be here. And some places are essentially saying that on these commercials. IT. They said he built these mega data banks in Utah and all these other places. And then they're telling you, IT is going to be on the rise. Everything going to be electronic. Right. Yeah, you know, you're right, man. But you know, we react. we reactionary. Yeah, I was just having a conversation the other day. I said, man, you know, I'm looking back at the 90s, all the money I blew, hanging out, cars, this and that. Could have had a whole lot of land, a whole lot of land, man. You know what's funny? Really? I just saw a picture. I saw a picture on Facebook. It was one of them little memes that said, um, "If you love, if if you love a woman, something I'm paraphrasing. It's like if you love a woman, don't don't buy her a five thousand dollar purse. Give her five thousand dollars and tell her to start a business. And if she blow the money, then she wasn't worth the five thousand dollar purse anyway." So basically, I put that in another context. I'm like, if you give a black person $5,000, tell them to start a business, and you come back and two months later and they still ain't started one, obviously you know that the other money that you would have gave them would have been a waste. So what we have to do is try to figure out a way to get our people um, uh, uh, awake at the wheel. They have a lot of black 
people that have a lot of good knowledge and a lot of, uh, you know, we're very intuitive and, and creative. I mean, I've seen a whole lot of uh, articles and stuff coming from Africa about people that are building stuff out of garbage. <laughs> One little boy took took a whole bunch of electronic stuff out the trash and made something, and now MIT asked him to come, you know, come come to MIT. I'm like, wait a minute. He built some shit. He took some shit out of a trash can. I mean, they gave a couple of little kids uh, some tablets, and they fucking reconfigured them things and made them do other shit that they wasn't even doing. They had some little wow. girls take a generator in Africa now, in Africa. They had these girls that took a generator and, and, and reconfigured it to run off a of urine. Now, probably you don't hear about this. You probably ain't gonna see that ever in America because they want you to run out, run stuff off of gasoline. But I'm just saying, these these people are making stuff out of nothing, and we are supposed to be in the most, or used to be in the most technologically advanced country in the world, and we can't hardly, not saying all, but we can't get our kids to hardly do anything because they're too busy watching Basketball Wives and Atlanta Housewives and and all this other stupid shit on TV. You know, filling their brains up with Junk and being on, you know, being on 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 Facebook and Twitter and Vine and all these other things, you know, that is not helping them one iota, you know, because it's not giving them anything of of value. You know, we need to we need to be the change that we are looking for. You know, we need to start the uh, the ball to rolling. You know, for our own people, we're the only ones that's gonna save us, like brother said. You know, with integration and miscegenation and, and uh, everything else that we've been thrown at and into, you know, we should be, you know, a lot smarter than we are today. So it seems like we keep on falling for the same okie doke, you know, like the little kid that keeps falling for the same magic trick, just thinking, oh, the, ma- the magician is doing something great, and he ain't did shit but the same old damn slide of hand magic trick in our face, and we keep on falling for it. We need to stop paying attention to that ma- magician and go do something else. But we don't want to, you know, uh, as a as a whole. I'm not talking about individual. I'm just talking about as a whole. And then, you know, the brother's talking about the NAACP. We have to remember the NAACP was not started for us. It was started to watch us. It was started by right, three right, white folks right. and 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 uh, Dubois, and he was damn near a white right. person anyway. So I mean, hmm. we're, we're you know we need to stop tricking ourselves just because they put a black face in. Control don't mean that we are in control. Look at the Clippers, the the guy that's running the Clippers right now. He's black. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, like, come on, man, for real. Yeah, right, you right. you got to be a damn fool to believe. Oh yeah, they couldn't find absolutely nobody else. They would have found a Negro and a white, a light skinned Negro at that. Not saying anything wrong with being light skinned. I'm just saying that they go find the more acceptable. They ain't going to find no, no Wesley Snipes-looking brother to go run the Clippers. You know, they going to find somebody yeah, light, black, close yeah. to white, you know, just to say, <laughs> we, we're, we're trying to fix the situation. And then here comes Bron talking about, oh, if if, uh, if, if he's still in, uh, the owner of the NBA next year, I'm going to boycott. I'm like, no, we just you had a that. chance. <laughs> That's funny you said that, Joey, because we were just talking about that, man. We were just talking about that. That we, I was saying, my man, the truth was saying the same thing, and Neil was saying, we were saying, you know what? 
Let's see that Sterling stays there for a while. Let's see what LeBron do to him. Because if he <laughs> takes the stand and, and, and say he doesn't want to play anymore, that's a chance I want to see. I want to see he hold his end because he can make a powerful move if he does that. Maybe he well, can. Maybe he can be. I, I don't, don't really think he will. I don't think it will even come to that, number one. And I don't even think even if it did, he would do it. Because if you remember in, what was that, 2010 or so, when they the NBA locked all the players out, they had a chance to create their own league, and they did not do it. The NFL mm-hmm. also, they had a chance to create their own league. They did not do it. Now, you can say, well, they're under contract. Don't they have mamas? Don't they have a daddy? They give them. If, if, think about it like this. There are 30 NBA teams, right? All right. of them have a minimum, a minimum of 10 people, 10 players on the team. What is it, 12, 15 on the roster? What is it? I don't know. 12 or 15? 15. Okay, 15. Just say 10 of them are black men. So you've got 10 brothers on each team. That's 300 black men in the NBA on the active roster. Now, if all of them gave a minimum of a million dollars to this effort, that's $300 million that they could have to start and lead. Now, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not that good at business because I'm barely running my own. But $300 million could go a lot, could go a whole lot of way to building, to, to starting you an organization. It don't cost that much to incorporate it. Don't do nothing else. Now you say, I can go back to the contract thing. Well, they got contracts. They got mamas that ain't under contract. They got daddies that ain't under contract. They got wives that ain't under contract. You know, they can do, they can do some things. It's just they don't want to. They want to be slaves. They don't want to yep. be employers. They want to be employees. So, well, it's easier to get my 50 million, like Kobe got $50 million from the Lakers for two years. If he was the owner, he could have got $200 million from, the, from, from, from his organization instead of $50 million. You know, not saying right. I'm now, obviously, we ain't going to never see no parts of a million, 50 million, 100 million. But the thing is, these men could make a lot of headway for the, for the race if they said, you know what, we're tired of being employees. We want to be owners. You know, like Larry Johnson, he's he, he been out of the league for 20 years. Now he's saying that we need to have our own league. Really? When you was in the NBA, why wasn't you trying to say that then? It's because you're scared. I'm not knocking the brother for saying it because, I mean, at least, you know, somebody saying is better than somebody not saying it, but the bottom line is that we need to do something. We need to, you know, we need to put our money where our mouth is. Now, in the NFL, they got 54-man rosters, and I'm guessing 30 of them brothers, is probably, it's probably 30 brothers that's black on, the, on each NFL team. That's way more money. You, you see right. where I'm going with this? So we not have no going. excuses. We we have no excuses when it comes to wanting to be in charge of something. You know, instead of asking somebody, we just do it. You know, instead of going to give our money to uh, uh, Bubbles and, and, and Bootylicious at the clubs, they could be giving, they could be spending their money and, and creating businesses. I'm just saying, you know, that's what they do. You know, look at Allen Iverson, $200 million over his career, and he was, he was crying in court talking about, I can't even afford a hamburger. I'm like, are you serious, dude? You know, this is really, really a shame. I don't feel bad for him in the least. I feel bad for his kids because they got a stupid-ass father. But I'm just saying, you know, this is where <laughs> our race is, you know. Right. I mean, and that's where – and we have to divest ourselves from these kind of people. If you don't want to help us to get to the next level – like, give you an example. I have a letter sitting here on my desk right now from a Japanese internment camp survivor. Um 
this lady, this guy gave me his mother, gave me a copy of his mother's internment letter during World War II when the Japanese got their citizenship taken from them. It's from the right. Department of War. It used to be Department of, you know, it's, it's Pentagon, but it was called Department of War. Um, they sent her a letter basically telling her that her citizenship is now revoked. They took these people's citizenship. Now, this wasn't long ago. This was like 1945. That was only 70, Damn. 80 years ago. Now, these people went from owning nothing to owning majority of downtown L.A. They go I went from, from Central Avenue. They have an a uh, Asian-American museum on Central Avenue in L.A. That's where I got the, the letter from because I had to do a, a, uh, a, a, a paper. So they got little Saigon, little Taiwan, little Japan, little Tokyo, little this, little that. They got all of that shit downtown L.A. Where's little Africa? Nowhere. Where's little anything? Nowhere. Nothing for black people is anywhere. But we too we so busy worrying about what everybody else doing. We ain't doing nothing. It's like, dude, if you're going to talk about somebody, at least talk about it when you have something. You know, that's why I laugh yeah. people when they talk about me on Facebook. They're like, what are you doing? Oh, well, let's see. I don't know. I own my own company, even though I ain't made no money, but at least I have a company. Uh, I have my own website right. and I have a mobile app. Now, what are you doing? And then they sit there like, well, uh, well, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I didn't know you were you know, I ain't got much, but I got something. <laughs> huh? You're, you're a man. You know what, man? You, 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 you're 100% right, man, because we, we were just talking about that earlier. And the thing about it is, is that you're right. Nobody can say anything about you, man, because you are doing something, and that's what's up, man. And, and a lot of things, like, we don't have a lot of stuff, man, that's showing sign of us, man. We go to everybody else's stuff, like, say, for instance, you know, everybody got their own little spot, like Chinatown and all that kind of stuff like that, man, Mexico and everything. But when it comes to us, like, you go to a Mexican restaurant right now, you best believe they're going to have their all Mexicans going to be there, all of them. But, uh-huh. but, the thing about, but the thing about us, man, we don't have ours, man. And if we do have a shop now, that's a shop down in Seattle, right downtown in the Central District. And they got so-called soul food. But the thing about it is, man, they got white people working there, too. Now, what yeah. I understand is, like, okay, this is supposed to be the hood, but you got white folks working there, too. Why have to always, and you know a lot of brothers out here ain't working. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about it is, so-and-so is dating one of the one of the ladies, and they go to church together and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, like, that's the problem right there. <laughs> that's the problem right there. You can't talk to these guys about it. You can't talk to them about it, man. That's why. That's one reason why I wanted to start my thing. Because I say, you know, I'm tired of sitting here listening to people complaining and shit. You know, and that's the first question I asked these brothers when I was talking to them. I say, hey, if I if if somebody started a website, would you join it? Oh yeah, 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 we join. As soon as I started, these Negroes started backpedaling. You thought they was fighting Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali or something. Oh, well, what's going on there? What's he, what's he doing? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. They come yep. up with all kinds of excuses on why they can't join and nothing. I said, dude, it's free. I ain't charging you. But, you know, talking about networking, that's one thing that I'm, 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 I'm trying to build is a black business network. And the main thing I wanted to do, the reason I wanted to, join, to, to build it is because I said, if we can build our own network, now we don't have any, any excuses of why we can't do this. If I have a product, if I'm selling widgets, if I'm selling screws and you're selling bolts and somebody want a, want, a, want a bolt that you know and I have screws, you know, we can, we can interact with each other. 
then that will get us more money because now we are making more money because I'm sending you customers, you sending me customers. Now we can hire little Tyrone off the side, off the, off the street. Now he don't have to gangbang and sell drugs and shit because he got a job. Now we're getting one of our people off the street. Now we just keep this going. Now soon we will be self-sufficient, just like I said with the Japanese. They went from no way to, 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 to owning damn near all of L.A. You know, in 50 years or 60 years, Japan was totally decimated by World War II. We dropped two bombs on them people's country, and they, they gave up. But in 70 years, we owe them more money than, than the law allowed. You know, it's like, come yeah. on, man. And they just an island. They produce nothing. They have zero natural resources. How does a country right. that has zero natural resources control your whole country? We can we we send them shit so they can make shit. <laughs> that's the yeah. that's the cool hey. part. You know you know we, how they do it, Justin. You know how they do it, Justin. Uh-huh. We sit, we sit up and we blow our whole load. When we invent something over here, especially when white men invent stuff over here, they they they, they just like a trick. They blow their whole load at, 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 at one time and it's over with. And the same product, same exact product, what the Asian will do is he'll have the same product and he'll break it down in 10 pieces. And every year for 10 years, he'll give you a new piece of something that was already put together for the whole project, and he, he gets paid off you over and over again. Then you borrow his money. Talk, and, and, and talk about him like a dog when you got to pay it back. And then when he does this, he threatens to cut off what he, he gave to you. So on top of that, you give him more money just to keep him from cutting you off. And that's how they do it. They get the same thing. You can have you can have the same basic product. They cut it in, in ten pieces and sell you a piece at a time for ten years. And you thinking, man, they up on top of their technology. They better than we are. No, they're not. They just took the same thing you did and chopped it up ten different ways. Exactly. I mean, you know, we, you know, us black people, we are very inventive. The twentieth century, for the most part, is ours. Now they stole damn near every invention that we created. But the bottom line is if it wasn't for us, there would be no 20th century. There wouldn't be no refrigerator, wouldn't be no ironing board, no iron, no, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, the, the light, the stoplight that we hate stopping at. I mean, the black man created that gas mask that, that military yeah, yeah. firemen and shit yeah. go, and, go running in, in buildings and shit. We created all yeah. of this. So we are not a stupid well, people. It's just that we act stupid. Now, if we can get this this, this brain trust together in one area, we can and, and say, look, stop sharing with every, all these people. You know, when when Asians get together, they don't share with nobody. When Mexicans get together, they don't share with nobody. When Jews, you already know, when they get together, they don't share with nobody. Why do you think Donald Sterling is in so much trouble right now? Because he gave up the ghost. Remember, remember Bernie Madoff. <laughs> Bernie Madoff. Yeah. He stole millions of dollars from from people. Who did he who do you fuck up stealing it from? Jews. Why? Because the number one rule is you do not steal from your own people. That's why that man is in jail. He ain't in jail because he stole from everybody. He in jail because he stole from Jews. Same thing with Sterling. He got on T V talking shit. They was gonna leave him alone in a way until he got on T V talking about Jews help they help people. When they get something, they help each other. You don't tell nobody our secrets, dummy. Even though it's not a secret. But still, you don't tell people our secrets. And that's what now he's going down the toilet. Now, now they just came out with something talking about his mother's or his grandmother's house or something. Uh, uh, he gonna have to pay millions of dollars in, in back taxes on the house because every year 
you know, he'd been sending a money order every year to this house to, for the for the property taxes. Well, his grandmother been dead, but he'd been paying the same taxes that she was paying years ago because the taxes haven't been reassessed. So now they're getting him. They're getting him for every single thing because he done gave up the ghost, and, and he, he he knew what he was doing. He hope, he better hope he dies soon because this man's going to be in jail in a minute. But you that's know, what they he, do. They hold their people cold. accountable. He's a cold fellow, you know, man. And he broke yeah, it down I mean, on magic. He, I hate to admit he was oh, right about but magic and magic and those uh and those credit cards, man, with them high interest and stuff. He even kind of really, really, really exposed the magic on a lot of stuff that magic actually did do that kind of soaked people in the cash and stuff, man. That's it's sad and I hate to hear this dude they need to get get him out of the out of the area as quick as possible because he is breaking down. He's gonna tell more truth the longer he's around. He's gonna play Eric Snowden on him, man, and uh, and just continue to rain on him. So they really need to get him out of here. Hey, I'm off. Well, yeah, like he said, what did he say when his girlfriend was? He said, "Look, when you are with these people, I get a call from them telling me about it. Now, who is them? Who is this them people that he keeps getting a call for? That just tells you that they network. It does not like what's going on in this particular situation. So that's the thing with us. We don't hold our own people accountable." That's why we no, have we problems that we have. Look at Magic. He, like you said, with the, with, you know, with, with with the high interest rates and shit like that, he's sitting on millions of dollars. He creates jobs, but they are accessible to everybody. If it was me, I'd have an inner network. That's why I wanted to build my network because every business that's in my network is gonna know what's going on with everything. You want to do this? Okay, this is what we are doing. We're gonna have a phone call at this time on this day. Blah blah. Whoop whoop. That's what we have to do to keep our money flowing. We have a trillion dollars in the American economy every year. Out of that, we probably get back 10% of it. $100 million out of, 10, out of yeah. a trillion, that is, that's like a dropping a dollar on the ground out of a thousand. That's ridiculous. I mean, that, that's right. the same. And then you wonder why we don't have any businesses and any jobs and anything else and why our schools are, are failing and why our kids are failing and why they don't know their history. It's because we keep giving all our money and resources to everybody else. We need to stop doing but, it. And we need to stop my, doing it because you're you right about that. Because uh, I was about thinking about that. Uh, Go ahead. Earlier when I was speaking on Floyd Mayweather, ten million dollars on the on the Super Bowl, man. Like, you know. And then I have, I got a friend that tried to justify it. Well, man, if it's his money, he could do what he wants. I said, yeah, man. I said that's true. I said, but where does your moral compass, your social responsibility? Where does that line up? Because a Chinese dude bought 350 houses in Detroit for $350. You know what you could do with $10,000 in, in Camden, New Jersey, or Detroit, Michigan, or Oakland, California? You could buy up a whole lot of dilapidated stuff. Exactly. Little community, call it Mayweather Town, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, most exactly, man. And then you had that he put on blast for having an abortion and shit. He, he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on on plastic surgery on her and gifts and all kind of shit on her. Now, I mean, all that money for nothing. But, you know, like you said, if he has spent, if he takes that same money and put it in the, in the town, he can have that money going forever. Like like Chris Rock said about Shaq, he said, he said Shaq is, is rich. The white man who signs his check is wealth. He said black people don't have wealth. We are rich. And that is our problem. We don't never, yeah. we don't, we don't want to be wealthy. We want to be rich. 
you know, right. cash money. Right. They want to be rich. They want to go. Rich. They want to go out there and and uh, flash their money. And I got this, and I, I'm a big timer, and I got this, I got that. But right. That's only for a few minutes. You know, white people they spending their money. They they keeping their money. You know, right. like I saw a picture. They said white people go out and buy some ten dollar shoes and own a hundred fifty thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar house. Black people will spend three hundred thousand, three hundred dollars on shoes and live in an apartment. That is our our problem Now obviously This this mindset is a holdover from slavery Which is unfortunate Because we didn't have anything But I mean how long can we blame Every problem on slavery We are four generations At least I am I'm four generations from slavery That is not long ago Slavery ended quote unquote In 1865 That is four generations ago Maybe five Right now, but that's Ooh, oh, that's not long. That's your great 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 grandmother. My great great grandmother was alive when I was born. I met well, I met her. I was a baby, but I'm just saying I met her when I was alive. That was three they generations. They control the mentality, brother. You understand? They control the mentality. Where, mm-hmm. as you said, we see rich as wealth, and they know better. You know, Dr. Claude Anderson, didn't he touch on this? What is it? White people own yeah. 80, 83% of what they need to succeed. Right. And the other, and the other 17% is is somewhere within the network, meaning friends, family, church, or some type of organization, something like that. Yeah, you're right, man. He, yeah. he, he, it's you know, time for so, us to do something else, bro. It's time for well, it is. Like I gotta tell my buddy, I say, you know, everybody don't think on the same level we think, and that's why you and I don't got ten million to go bet on the Super Bowl because, it's, like I said, ten million, I have me a little community. I don't care if it's a trailer park. Yeah, you most definitely, man. You know, have you ever man noticed the uh, like the, the Indians, the natives, Native Americans, man? They all have casinos, man. And the thing about it is, man, they own that. They own their casinos. Like this one I had, Toledo. This one I had a casino called Toledo. And the thing about it is that they have a variety of different colors. They work there, but it's his. Uh, they have a preference, man. A native preference. You know, and they, they they come first. You know, so they take care of their own, man. And the thing about it, they got the. We were talking about the Japanese and, and the natives, and we, you know, but one thing we got to say is I saw a, 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 piece of, a piece of paper. All of these other ethnicities have gotten a reparation for whatever happened to them. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know why that is? I mean, you know, like I said, going back to the Japanese, the white man, see, the one thing about white folks, you got to know, you got to understand your enemy. And I don't know I don't know everything about white people, but I know one thing. White people are going to be white, number one. Number two, they do not like a beggar. They do not like a beggar. Look at the Japanese during World War II. They dropped two bombs, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Knocked the shit out of both of them. They, they didn't give up until you dropped the bomb on Nagasaki. They said, okay, we're done. We give. And they still came to the, to the, to the surrender signing with their head held high. And they and they didn't even bow all the way. They was just like, okay, yeah, we give up, but we, you know, we bend, but we ain't gonna break. The white man said, shit, we we done kicked the yeah. shit out of these motherfuckers, kicked their hey. teeth down their throat. They went to the dentist, got their teeth put back in. Okay, hey. we gotta respect hey. these people. You know, that you was, look at the Indians. The they did their fighting. Right. 
Uh-huh. And that's the Bruce Lee rule. Always keep your eye well, on your opponent, even when you buy. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, you look at the, the natives. Now, for the most part, the natives, they fought to the last man. They gave up on the Trail of Tears and shit like that, but they still was like, we're going to be what we are. So they said, oh, you know what? We like these motherfuckers because at least they fought. Now, you look at black people, we fought up to a point. When we was in the 50s and 60s and 70s, they fought. They, they said, shit, man, we got to get these motherfuckers. Okay, they, we give up. Like, like Lyndon Johnson said, he said, we got to give them just enough to make them think that they got something. But we didn't push them all the way because as long as you gave them, okay, here's an example. Here's his here's, here's example. How do you trap a monkey? Do y'all know? Mm-mm. Okay. The way that white yeah. man traps a monkey, he puts he puts something shiny in a box, and he makes the box, and he puts the hole on top of the box just big enough for the monkey to get his hand in. So when he grabs that shiny object, he'll... He he got a he got a fist now and the hole ain't big enough to get his his fist out. So the monkey is so greedy that he will just keep on holding on to that 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 object and won't let it go and that's how you get him caught. So the white man says we can do the same thing to black people. So we give them something shiny. Now shiny could be you know an NBA contract, NFL contract, a white girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Something shiny <laughs> where he. I'm just saying. There, there's something that he will not want to let go of because he thinks that it is the best thing since the last breath he took. And that's exactly how they trick us every single time. You know. You know. Oh, give 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 magic. A, you know. Give him a give him a little something. Give them something. Give them something to look up to. Magic Johnson. Oh, Magic Johnson made it out of the ghetto. His parents were middle class, but you know he made it out of the ghetto and made it play basketball and did this. Now look at him, big businessman. You could be like him. MTV Cribs. You could have a house like this. All you got to do is learn how to play with ball. Like like Dr. Claude Anderson said. He said we have a what do you say? We have a uh, 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 a indecent relationship with balls. The black person has an indecent relationship with ball. Every time you see a black person, they running with a ball, catching a ball, hitting the ball, doing something with a ball. But when you look at any other kind of industry, we ain't got no control and we ain't got no nothing else going on. Where where are our Steve Jobs at? We don't have none. Where are our Mark Zuckerbergs? We don't have any. Well, I'm trying to be one, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, we don't have any of those kind of technological advanced people. Even though a black man came up with the cell phone, we don't own any cell phone companies. Even though a a black man man. created the the internet, we don't have any internet companies. That's the problem. Remember Charles He created blood plasma and died on the hospital that he worked at because he was black. Hey, hey, bro. Neil, Joey, check this out, man. When you, what you just said, man, okay, like a a black man, yeah, he did. Start a cell phone. And I said, man, I had said this a while back ago. I think I was talking to you now. I was saying something about wouldn't it be innovative? Well, we know mentally-wise, you guys ain't thinking like that. But it would be real nice, man, if a guy, say, for instance, I put his name out, Jay-Z. Well, I know he ain't going to do shit. But if this dude was a star, him and probably P. Diddy or probably 50 Cent or whatever, those guys have enough influence on young people that if they would start a cell phone company, man, you can call it, you can call it a uh, black service, whatever, black, whatever, black cell phone. 
Would you believe there are so many people that will switch over and just join them just because of who they are? But the thing about it is the cats are not going to be like that because they're not mentally into it. They, like you said, they're into, catching, they're into being rich. And they're into well, you see they what, think about. You see the part, you, you, you answered your own question because look at Dr. Dre. What did he do? He gave $35 million to USC. USC has a over a billion dollar endowment. They have more money than most, than, 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 than most small countries, and that's just right. a school. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, they, and they constantly getting more and more money from different people. He gave $35 million to them. You got a, you got a hundred black colleges out here that need, they could, he could have gave 35 black colleges a million dollars each, but he didn't do that. He get, he just, he just sold him and Jimmy Iovine just sold or, are are selling Beats by Dre headphones to Apple. Now, well, well, you know, now all that money that he's going to get, he ain't going to get a billion dollars. He's going to get 600 and some million dollars after taxes. But that $600 million ain't coming back to Compton. He ain't gave nothing right. to Compton. He ain't right. gave nothing to nobody black. Why? Because he right. doesn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't hold these people's feet to the fire. You know what I'm saying? We should have told them, okay, Drake, we like your music. We don't, we, we're going to support you. Well, you need to give some get back. Look at Obama. We put this motherfucker in office. Now, everybody, now he didn't just get there with the black vote. But we, we did most of the heavy lifting. You know, people was right. out there registering felons and everything to get their voting rights back, so they can get in the so he can get in the office. People was out in the rain, sleet and snow and stuff. We was doing a whole lot for him, but what did he mm-hmm. do? Nothing. He told us put on your put on your uh, uh, put on your mar- on your marching shoes and take off your house shoes. What kind of shit is that? You know, he didn't tell us. <laughs> did he tell that to the gays? No, he didn't tell the gays none of that bullshit. You know, he had two yeah. choices to put on to somebody on the Supreme Court. What did he do? The first choice he had, he put a Hispanic woman. Okay, I'll give you the Hispanic woman thing. I'll give you the Hispanic thing. But the second one, he hit a trifecta. He hit, he got a woman, and she was handicapped. She was Jewish, and she gay. So he hit all. He hit a he hit a walk off home run with just two choices. Did he think about putting a black person in office? No. Why? Because he was, he had the NAACP and all these other black organizations pimped. Oh, yeah, take off your house shoes and do get some get to work. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Just work. Just keep on working for me. I'll help you. And then he comes up hey. with this black boy hey. initiative shit. Then he says, well, you can any black organization can join as long as you're in what 35, 45 states or some shit. Like what? Are you for real? <laughs> You know, I'm like, dude, that was made, that was made to not have any black people involved except for the NAACP. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, game breaking down the game. We got five minutes left, but the phone got cut off. But we got to have a part two of this tomorrow night, man, because this is this is some real deal holy film stuff here, man. So, yeah, we, yeah, you know exactly. we do it tomorrow night, man, because tomorrow night, well, tomorrow is Malcolm X's birthday. So yeah, that's 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 yeah. There's a whole bunch of people that hit me up that want to call in, but they can't call in because of, uh, you know, the, the time. But, uh, man, if you guys want to, man, I mean, we're going to have a show tomorrow night. If you guys have, feel free to chime in. We're for a few other people that want to call in. Three ladies that want to call in. I want to say some stuff. It's a regular yeah, night for us. Do have I want to drop mm-hmm. in there. We, we, we generally have shows on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Go ahead. Yeah, man, because, you know, all the ones that can't do, won't do. But, you know, let's, let's, let's consider those 
that can do and make it to a certain level got to be a part of a certain society, which may dictate whether they can do or won't do. You know, it all boils down to the moral compass, man. You know, where's your moral compass and your level of social responsibility? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. I mean, like, Pull up your bootstraps and join us. Life is not a spectator sport. Yeah, you know, enjoy uh, all you cats, man. Enjoy the truth, man. It's it's nice meeting you cats, man, over the phone and stuff like that, because I'm I'm glad you guys called in. I'm on your side right now, Joey. I'm on, I do some things to it. And, uh, I just want you guys to know, man, like my man, Professor Griffith, Stephen Biko, he, he, all, they all said, man, he said the revolution is not an event, it's a process. And uh, mm-hmm. that's real talk, man. So okay. let's do that, man. It's going to come tomorrow night, man, if we possibly can, man. And we're going to take it home. We're going to take it home right now. We'll meet We'll meet again here at the tomorrow night, uh, 6 or 7, Sugar Ray Pacific time. We'll post it up, man, sometime like about 6 or whatever, whatever's qualified for everybody else, man. But we'll post it out there, man, and everybody in different zones. So we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll post it. Well, God bless you folks, and God bless you listeners for checking in with us tonight. This has been the uh, the River Black Planet uh, show, uh, Flossie Jeezy Show Worldwide, and uh, our participating members, The Truth and uh, Brother White on deck with Sugar Ray and Flossie G tonight. A.K. Nelson King tonight. We're going to take you on home with with uh, learning, growing, and changing. Yeah, God bless. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. See y'all later. All right. We can grow. We can develop. As we know that heaven is not a place.